BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a wild week. The Republican Party in Colorado says that if they remove Trump from the ballot, as it appears they have, they will not even have a primary. They're threatening to withdraw from the primary system and convert to a caucus system. And they're telling Vivek Ramaswamy, you, you need not pull out because we're going to convert to a caucus. So this would basically nullify what this ruling says. But that's not completely true. The ruling would also bar Trump from the general election as well. So if they convert from a primary to a caucus, sure, Trump can still win the caucus system and then maybe become the nominee. But doesn't mean he can be in the general election in Colorado, which means I believe about 1.5 to 1.8 million Republican votes removed from the popular vote count. We have a lot to discuss as it pertains to this. Now, of course, Vivek Ramaswamy said he would drop out. He called on Ron Christie. Nikki Haley did the same. Ron DeSantis has come out boldly saying no way he will not drop out because he doesn't think it's legitimate anyway. He thinks the ruling will be overturned. And, and he, he calls us. I, I got to be honest, very confusingly says it would play into the hands of the left to stand with Donald Trump and drop out of the race, which literally makes no sense. But sure, we'll talk about that. A bunch of other news surrounding this. And of course, everyone's two favorite words as uh, we're getting into this subject. But I'm not going to give you your satisfaction. I'm going to say national divorce this time anyway, because now you don't get to drink. Before we get started, my friends, head over to the best song Click download at your price. You'll get 35% off your next Casper purchase for a mere 69 cents. Buying our latest song together again can earn you 35% of any coffee purchase at Casper.com. I got to tell you, it's worth it. So far, it looks like we may have sold between 12 and 15,000 songs, which is really, really great. I really do appreciate the support from every single person. Um, but those are rookie numbers. We got to get those numbers up. It's looking like now, and I'll give you an update on this, because uh, this was us teaming up with The Daily Wire. Basically, we want to build culture. We want to be uh, uh, funny with it. We want to have a good time. We want to make good music. And we want to tell F you to the music industry. We're hearing now that a portion of our numbers, they're not counting. And they're telling us they can't count. And I knew something like this was going to happen because Tom McDonald's had the same problem. He gets a, he puts he puts a song out, gets millions of fits. He should be on the Hot 100 every single time. And they keep they keep him off the list. So now it does look like billboards on our side. Who knows? They're saying something's wrong. The numbers aren't being counted properly. Surprise, surprise. So, you know, they're trying to steal it from us. They're trying to steal it from us. So uh, we need to overwhelm it. We know. So support our work. Download the song if you really want to help. Song purchases count as like 150 times listening to the song. So if you like the song or you just want to support the mission that we have, please consider downloading the song. And uh, we'll see how it turns out in about, I think it's like a week and a half from now. We'll find out with what, where we stand on Billboard. Head over to TimCast.com. Click join us. The members only show tonight is going to be very, very, very <laughs> fun. Michael's been hyping it up. Of course, he's here. He's already laughing. And he was, yes, he's like, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to have a lot to talk about as it pertains to whether there'll be an election and Roseanne and stuff like that. So, okay. Okay. We're going to have a good time. So uh, click, join us, become a member and uh, uh, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends. As I already mentioned, Michael Malice is here. Hey everybody. Glad to be back. Who are you? What do you do? Uh, my name is Michael Malice. Uh, you can watch my show. You're welcome this week. I have 
Will Chamberlain and Dave Smith discussing Israel. Next week, we have someone who I tried to get here as a surprise to you. You didn't even know this. Last year on April Fool's, Megan McCain. Ah. So she's going to be on my show next week, recorded already. But you came. It's just she didn't come. Correct. Yeah. Um, so, and my episode on Jordan Peterson's podcast, where I get him to... Uh, to convince him of the virtues of anarchism drops tomorrow. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Wire. Well, exciting. this would be fun. Yeah. Hannah Claire Brimlow's hanging out. Hey, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for scnr.com, also known as Scanner News. I'm excited to be here with you guys. Ian's here. Hello, everyone. I'm back. Took a nice rest last night after our Turning Point excursion. I was wiped of those four days, but it was great to see everybody at the event. Really good to meet everybody. Good to be a part of that. So I'm glad to be back. Hello. What's happening, Serge? Yeah, you were uh, you kind of stole the show at the last little bit there. That was great. Oh, good to know. I loved it. It was good. Uh, yeah, hey everyone. Um, super super glad you're here, Michael. It'd be fun. Let's do this show. Let's roll from scnr.com. Colorado Republican Party says they will withdraw from primary and convert to caucuses if Trump ruling stands. Quote. A majority of the court holds that President Trump is disqualified from holding the office of president under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment of the United States Constitution. The ruling said because he is disqualified, it would be wrongful, a wrongful act under the election code for the Colorado Secretary of State to list him as a candidate on the presidential primary ballot. The lawsuit was filed by Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in a D.C.-based watchdog group. This we know. Vivek Ramaswamy, of course, said that he would with withdraw from the GOP primary until Trump is allowed to be on the ballot. In response to this, the Colorado Republican Party says you won't have to because we will withdraw from the primary as a party and convert to a pure caucus system if this is allowed to stand. It's getting pretty dang wild, I must say. Now, as we mentioned uh, in the opening to the show, that's great. It, it still doesn't matter because Colorado's Supreme Court says Trump can't even run in the general. So if this is if, if this comes to January 4th, maybe even sooner, Trump is going to appeal to the Supreme Court. I think there's a very, very, very strong reason why the Supreme Court will say no. Many reasons, in fact, those though, many, many argue that the Supreme Court will intervene. It, it, it is yet to be seen. I think it, it, I, I feel like they probably will. I mean, this is way too serious. I, I think it would. I Not only do I think it, they will, I think it would be seven to one or eight to zero because the judicial branch since the beginning has been very reticent about getting involved when it comes to votes and things like this. They really like it to be. And Jefferson was like, like thought that the Congress should be able to supersede what the Supreme Court has to say. They really don't like it when judges strike things off ballots and things like that or get involved. So this is the other thing that's very important from a legal perspective is Trump hasn't been convicted of insurrection. He's not. This is something that he's been alleged to have done. He hasn't been demonstrated or uh, and deranged. It's not so funny when Trump calls him instead of calling him deranged, just calls him deranged. Jack Smith d chose not to charge him with insurrection. So right. for them to unilaterally basically backdoor uh, insurrection guilty uh, um, conviction mm -hmm. to this is really a bridge too far. And when you start interfering with presidential politics and you're like one state, this is something the Supremes really don't like doing because this is a big bridge to cross. Right, and but you, the but Minnesota you, Supreme Court said, no, he didn't commit in insurrection. This has to be decided by the party. We, we can't take him off the ballot. I, 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 is that what they said? That was Minnesota. They that said was their it, official... They said, I'll pull it right now. But I thought their ruling was, we do not have, we cannot supersede the U.S. Constitution as terms in, the, in terms of eligibility for- They said they can't rule on something a, a major political party can, can decide, and they noted that he hadn't been convicted. So the thing oh, is, like, there are already Supreme Court cases that say this doesn't work. We have immediate precedent for And wasn't conflict. this 4-3 in Colorado, if I'm yes. not mistaken? It was, yeah. Well, that was my thought that it's immediately going to the U.S. Supreme Court. As it should. Eight to nothing. Well, why should it? Unanimous be like, this is What's stupid. That? Why yeah. should it? 
Because this, why should it go to being? Because yeah, no, no, no. it's such a big deal. Yeah, what do you mean? Robert Barnes. No, I understand it's a big deal, but like, he, he, I, I do think the Supreme Court would intervene because it's a big deal. But I'll give you, I'll play devil's advocate. Okay, here. sure. If Starbucks decides to hold an election to determine the the chairman of the board, should the Supreme Court intervene if Starbucks changes the rules as to how the election is? Well, that's is a held? private company, and this is a private organization, the RNC. Yeah, but no, it's not private because when you have there's all sorts of uh, regulations and things about who can get on the ballot, who cannot. Like there've been laws, for example, like you know California is like a jungle primary in the general. There's all sorts of rules and regulations by what parties because there's many states, for example, where if I want to make it that I'm the Republican Party, only registered Republicans can vote. They still made laws that basically if you're independent, you can vote. The different then, states, different. different laws then fair point perhaps the supreme court does intervene for that reason saying the state has no authority exactly. to intervene in yes. a private organization's yes. electoral either way either way yeah it works robert yeah. barnes tweeted out which i thought was kind He's of great yeah this is probably from five o'clock p.m 458 it said the easiest path for scotus to take in the colorado supreme court trump disqualified cases to hold a court hold is to hold a court has no constitutional role in excluding a presidential candidate from the ballot in the first place that that is a choice the Constitution gives to state legislature yeah. and Congress. However, this is a private entity that is uh, uh, being affected by this. But it, but again, it's it's fair to say this is the state government intervening in a private entity. It, I think, there's a strong argument, considering what we saw with Texas v. Pennsylvania in 2020. That is a 2020 into 2021. The Supreme Court simply says the rules for private organizations fall to the state to decide. The federal government has no grounds to intervene in what and how a state decides uh, nonprofit entities operate or public good service entities operate. But, but my thoughts also go to George Santos, who, <laughs> God bless him. Have you had him on, by the way? No. Oh, you, you got to get him on. Uh, when there are a lot of people in the House, and I think they had a fair point, and I certainly don't have a particular lot of love for Congress people, when the Congress people are like, we can't kick him out if he hasn't been convicted of anything yet. Like this is really crossing a line that do you really want to go down this line where like we are just picking and choosing who our fellow members are because that acts is going to be used uh, against us at some point. I agree, I agree. But the question is if a private entity within a state is engaging in a practice the state says no to, can the feds intervene? There are certain circumstances. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah. I, I agree. However, I do think the Democrats are going to start screaming Ninth and 10th Amendment. Saying the federal government has no right to tell a state they can't run their own election the, as they see fit. There's no question that you're correct because the Democrats will take any you know opportunity. Sure, like they'll be <laughs> tomorrow. They'll pretend the tenth amendment doesn't exist. You exactly. Know I mean? Exactly. So, yeah, of course, course they'll use that. But but that's the argument they'll use. And listen, they're also making the argument that preventing you being able to vote for Trump is saving democracy. I, I, I love it. Yeah, I, actually, I sort of see this as an inevitability and an inoculation, like the Supreme Court's going to make a stand and say, precedent, you cannot do it. Let's just set but the precedent and move on. I, I think it's an inevitability because the regime isn't going down without a fight. And I've been saying this for a long time. Everyone is aware of this. They're not just going to one day be like, you know what? We lost. Good game, guys. They are going Let's to- Let's all shake hands and yeah, go home. Yeah, their yeah, entire- Yeah, one. Their right. Their entire- Or, or two. quarter. Or, yeah. Their entire ideology is- you have to tweak the rules until you get the outcome that you want. Now, in other cases, that might be actually a good thing. If we're all playing a game and somehow the game always ends up with Ian winning, even though we're playing fairly, maybe the rules are kind of skewed for people's hair length. I don't know. You know what would be really funny? What? I think, you'd, you, I think you're going to agree. Will you play Trail Pursuit with Ian? That'd be no, fun. that's just fun. <laughs> that would be Trail Pursuit is fun. Uh, Donald Trump appeals to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court rules it was an insurrection and bars him from all states. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. 
Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There, there's no way that would happen. I know, but it'd be hilarious. I don't think it would be hilarious. <laughs> you don't think so? No. You get your national divorce. I I I want my national. The reason I use the term national divorce and not the other one is because <laughs> the other one don't say it. I'm not saying it because I genuinely believe it can be done peacefully or very relatively peacefully. I am very concerned that even January 6th, a slight bit of violence or 9/11, you take which was a horrible tragedy, and then 20 years of war in two countries that had nothing to do with it. So when you have this this power establishment in place. Any little bit of violence is used as an excuse by them to escalate things to the nth threshold, yep. threshold, and the average people are the ones who pay the price. And that's what I'm very concerned about. I think we were at a turning point. Someone, was it Charlie Kirk or it might have been Tucker Carl? I think it was Tucker said that Winston Churchill in 1940, after World War II broke out, he just arrested all of the opposition party with no charge. They had no, Abraham no, Lincoln arrested. No, no, Winston uh, Churchill didn't do that. He had a war ca cabinet. I say that again. Winston Churchill had a war cabinet with the Labor Party. He didn't arrest the opposing cabinet. Uh, then Tucker Carlson was wrong. He okay. said that on stage that yeah. Tuck, that uh, Winston Churchill went in and arrested the opposition party, just put them all. Maybe in he meant like some kind of national front, but not the not the Labor Party in Maryland. You had I think it was like twenty nine uh, Confederate sympathetic. Oh, yeah. He arrested the legislature. Yeah, he just went and arrested them all. Yeah, Lincoln. They created a uh, a and, corridor between D through through uh, Maryland to D.C. that suspended. All, all. Uh, so what's the right way to put this? Um, infringed upon your God-given rights. Well, also the idea that you can't secede except for West Virginia. Like that doesn't make any. You know what I mean? That whole thing. Yeah. West Virginia is very special. We, we're huge fans. I'm curious to see what will happen if the Colorado GOP does say, "Okay, we're not having a primary more anymore. We're moving to caucus." If the RNC at the national level will come after them for that, because again, that's a that's a move to keep Trump on the ballot, which I think the RNC doesn't ultimately want either. I think Ronna McDaniel. I think Vivek's completely right. Yes. Even if she, even if you think she's a great person, I don't know her at all. The fact is, where are the results? Like where where are the omelets? You've broken all these eggs. Right. Like and I don't see any backbone Michael, in her. Ronna McDaniel's in the kitchen, smashing eggs with a hammer, telling you she's going to make an omelet, but she's just smashing eggs with right. a hammer. Yeah. What would that look like a caucus? Stop pressuring her. She's trying to cook. Yeah. If the Republican National Convention did a caucus, what would that mean exactly? It's, like, no, it's not the like? convention, just the Colorado state. Well, the Colorado state. Like Iowa, Iowa's the first state. They have a caucus. Mm -hmm. Basically, you get together and everyone gets up and gives a speech about why my guy's the best. And then I think you have a head count. I think that's yep, how yep, it works. Yep. And so it's a bunch of people sitting in a room. And it's like, RNC delegates and things like that. Business donors. People, people show up. And no, then if I think there's a lot of regular people. And you, then you if show up. And then if you're the Democrats, you take three days to figure out what the votes are. Yeah. But it's because these are, in, in, in a technical legal sense, these are private organizations that can run their systems as they see fit. So when they decide super delegates on the Democrat side to push out anybody they want to push out, it's because the game is rigged. I also want to make the point, and I'm going to make the prediction here, and I don't think it's going to, it's the kind of prediction where people are first like, then they think about like, okay, this is actually an easy, good prediction. I think the Democrats' plan B is not Gavin Newsom. I think the Democrats' plan B is Hillary Clinton with Newsom as VP. So I'm, I'm staying it right here. If they pull Biden for some reason, or if he's incapacitated, they're going to run Hillary and they'd be smart to do it. $1,000, it will not be Hillary Clinton. Uh, that if, if Biden's pulled, 
I don't, I'm not making a real bet. I'm kidding. Okay. I felt like I'm, kinda, I'm making a reference to. Yeah, uh, yeah, I got you. I, got you. <laughs> I felt like they were kind of teeing up uh, Kamala Harris. You might be she's right. There's no this, way they cut team Kamala she, Harris. She, I, I, I don't know why they would pick her, but There's because no they're sending her on this national pro-abortion tour, she's basically already on the campaign. Because they don't want her making trouble in Washington. Yeah, they're like, stay busy. I'm serious. Did you see the? She's going on tour. They announced one date. They're like, we'll tell you the rest of the Get out of here. The latest, the latest clip from her where she's like. This is the most election we've had in, you know, in our lifetimes. And I'm just like, Ugh, can you? Know. She meant most important. I the guess, thing is, when your gaffes are worse than Joe Biden's, it's yeah. really yeah, bad. But here's the other thing. Can you imagine being a guy who got put? Can I use the B word on the show? Which one is that? B-I-T. I don't know, I guess. I no, mean, uh, if you call you someone, we're not going to get demonetized. Oh, we don't care about demonetization. The swearing is usually because like people might be in their living room with their kids. And really, the in general, okay. it's about... I'll just say B. The word I'll, just, I'll say B. I'll say... Okay, I got, it, I got it, I got it. Can you imagine being some guy who's in jail in California because this witch put you in jail? <laughs> like, you're watching, you're like, how the hell did she convince this jury? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's just cackling at my you, crimes. Like, well, maybe they don't recognize her because of that facelift right before she came out as VP. Yeah, I mean, you never there's know. There's a huge so, change. So we're gonna we're, we were gonna save. I was gonna I was gonna save this because a lot of news to get to. But you know, Michael did bring this up. We have this uh, map we've talked about a couple times now. This is the A24 Civil War movie map showing their their vision of a fictional civil war. Now, Michael, you just said you think there is a way to have a peaceful national divorce. Yes, and I have my own map. Can I, I disagree I with to? you? Okay. Oh, uh, you can it. you can DM me it. Can you? Can you I'll do that right now. Send it, yeah. DM me. Uh, I disagree. I don't believe it's possible to have a peaceful civil divorce. Uh, a peaceful civil uh, national divorce. Um, it happened. Okay. the The thing about the term peaceful, and I hear what you're saying. I'm not saying literally no violence, but I'm saying it could be the kind of thing that's resolved quite quickly. Because a lot of times, just like with like uh, nature, right? Let's use another example. You have like a big animal, like a tarsier. It's a, a protosimian. I saw a video. And it's trying to eat a praying mantis, which is like a hundredth of its size. And that mantis just strikes for its eyes. And then the tarsier is like, oh crap, this is a problem. So a lot of times if there's enough of pushback, people go to the negotiating table. That's did you, all did you send it? No, I'm sending it right now. One second. So I, I suppose where I, I don't think what you're, what you're saying in any way conflicts with what my view would be. Sure. You could have a dissolution of the United States rapidly and very quickly, and then you will see a growing escalation to full-scale war at some point, and some point relatively quickly to the dissolution of the United States. There, we're talking about, uh, we already have conflict between states over resources, over food, over water. We already have conflict over weapons. When you consider that some states have access to nuclear weapons, there can't be a simple dissolution of, of these, of these uh, agreements. You'd, you'd instantly have nuclear-powered countries staring down uh, and facing down country uh, other states and they might say something like your state owes us x for these past grievances and then you will you will instantly start to see conflict now yeah. i don't think nuclear weapons are what we have to worry about i think it'll be absolutely insane considering the distri distribution of resources in the united states and what's a really fascinating idea that i was exploring with um a creative ip i was i was looking at is as we hyper centralize the it's, production it's the bottom one i sent you two by mistake as we hyper uh, centralize the production of various resources, like we have the frack fields in North Dakota, you will end up with regions dominant in a singular production. So California's food, we just do all our food in California, basically like a third, a third of our food or something like that. You've got the frack fields in North Dakota producing more energy than any other part of the country or uh, presumably. And you have certain areas that are all coastal trade. Some the rust belt. I mean, maybe it used to be this way, but because of rail, because of freight, we've 
centralize these resources, it's going to be very strange if the country breaks apart and one nation or one state says we need oil and they start knocking on North Dakota's door. North Dakota all of a sudden becomes one of the wealthiest states in the world. Things like that. Um, when we were on the blaze for election night, I just sent you the, I sent it twice by mistake. That's uh, the bottom one. Um, we all asked what? This is your map. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. So that's my map for national divorce. Um, we, when we were on the blaze, we all had to go around and say what we thought it would look like. Tim, all your points are, are taken and I don't think they're inaccurate at all, but I'm thinking about like North Korea and South Korea have nukes pointing at each other. Uh, negotiation is not going to be easy, but my, I always go back to Thomas Sowell, right? And the, the question he asked is, as compared to what? I think the status quo is also going to be Washington increasingly getting militaristic. I think especially the stuff going on with schools and kids, when you have things like sanctuary st states for like trans kids and things like that, what California is going to be doing. I think parents are going to be increasingly radicalized and so on and so forth. And yeah. at a certain point, things are going to reach ahead. The question is, is it going to be full-blown uh, blitzkrieg or is it going to be like something pops off and then cooler heads are like, okay, guys, this is getting crazy. And if things get crazier even further, it's really getting out of hand. So we have to figure something out. I think everything you're saying plays very well to the A24 films map. I, I just don't think, I don't see, I we talked about it earlier. Do you want to break it down? Because I think there's some things I would tweak with this map, but. But yeah, so I think the first thing to consider is when the, when the movie trailer first comes out, everyone says, why are, Texas and California aligned in a line. That makes no sense. It makes perfect sense. It sure. really does. But are they aligned the, really? Yes. Th this is, this is, this map is plausible. And what that means is you can certainly make an argument for why you think it would not fall this way. But in terms of how they're envisioning this film and what a divided America could look like, I actually think this is very plausible. I don't know if it's the most probable. There's a lot of arguments that we can make as as political junkies. But the reason why California and Texas would be in an alliance is not because they share values. It's because neither wants to be conquered by D.C. Sure. That's it. I, I think Kentucky and Tennessee are extremely close culturally. So to find that line is really kind of odd to me. No, but in terms of plausibility, you could easily like. Look, when the civil war. But the other thing is just because they're two, they're either I, I can't. I'm blind. Are they aligned in that they're the same country, or they're just aligned in like an alliance, like New York, like U.S. and Canada are aligned? The Republic of Texas and California are two different republics that have an alliance. Oh yeah, that's that's very plausible. Absolutely, absolutely plausible. The case now. Yes, and you may be arguing, you know, why is you know Kentucky and Tennessee split? Military occupation by D.C. moved in very quickly into uh, into uh, Kentucky to stop, uh, or into uh, stop to, uh, the other way around. <clears throat> they move into Tennessee. To prevent Kentucky or vice versa, that's just Deus Ex Machina for sure, a film. Sure, we can sure. make any, any argument about what may happen. But the point you made was really key, and I think people didn't understand this. If it does blow out to like full blown violence, and I pray to God it does not, state lines become irrelevant. Yeah, you yeah. look at geographical borders, rivers and mountains. Yes, so yeah, the Ohio exactly. River would be one. Yes, the Mississippi River, the Rocky Mountains would be one. This Oklahoma Panhandle is not going to be a thing. It's not possible. Right. And, and that's why actually a lot of the eastern uh, uh, state borders would stand. Yeah. Because a lot of them were built, uh, were, yes. were formed simply because of geography. Uh, but I look, you know, New England is a joke, right? This is one block. This whole thing, it's just instantly New York and Massachusetts. I disagree because New Hampshire has a lot of people there and they've been planning for this. They, it's, if you have, you they have selected a, a Democrat governor, didn't they? Yeah. But, but the thing is, it, there's everything what's, uh, intensity of, of, of opposition, right? So if you have a cadre of like 10% of the population who are really out of their minds and really want New Hampshire to be independent, it's going to be really hard to put those down. 
you know, Luke uh, would come here all the time and advocate for us to move to New Hampshire because of the Free State Project. And I'm like, my friend, you are surrounded on all sides yeah. by mm -hmm. leftist forces. I will say Not there are because like upstate New York and like upper Maine are are different. They tend to vote red. I mean, obviously, Maine has Angus King, one of our only independents. It, there are potential like rebel factors how, in there, but I don't really. I mean, he's technically he, he boxes with Democrats but for sure. I can't think of but anything. What I, I just mean symbolically, like there are, there is a, a stratification within those regions. Yes. I just don't think it's enough to say that they would be able to fight off. I think it would be like I'm, you were saying before, uh, like Seattle will have this one blue center, yes. But ultimately, that region is going to hold. And I, I think I, you would I, have discontent in New England, but I don't think it would be enough to and, manage. It. And a main new and a, a main uh, Democrat or even a Connecticut Democrat is not the same as an LA Democrat, right? No. At all. I mean, honestly, I think that was more the case at 10 years ago. But as you see now with like West Virginia and you see, we, we, we really don't have any blue dog Democrats anymore. Correct. So, so the internet is- uh, You know who's the, the, the one blue dog Democrat? Who is it? My hero, John Fetterman. Yeah, I guess. He's had the craziest 2023 story arc. I, I called, well, the, the, I, I contributed to his campaign. I, I spotted this guy from a mile away. You can't miss him. There were funny memes of YouTube thumbnail. It's, the meme is a YouTube thumb, thumbnail of Fetterman saying why I left the left. Uh -huh. But in all seriousness, <laughs> Fetter people are like, how did you predict this guy so so well? John Fetterman, and he is one of these old school lefties who think the point of government is to help people who've been screwed over by the system, whether it's food stamps or whatever, who thinks politics can be honorable and that politicians shouldn't be put themselves on a pedestal and are just like someone trying to make the world a better place. So that old school Democrat stuff, which is almost kind of in the late 60s, that's him. So when people are surprised that he's taking these stances, I'm like, it makes perfect sense that he'd call out corruption because in his point, government is something that can be used to help people who have been screwed over. And if that argument is one that I don't hate. And I say this as an anarchist. There's, there's a lot of people who, when it comes to the topic of civil war, like to point out that uh, the entire country is red except for the cities. <clears throat> and that should civil war actually happen, New York, for instance, is red. New York City would not be able to sustain itself. Uh, but I, don't, I, don't, I, I agree with that general idea, but people don't understand that in Virginia, for instance, regular people going to and from work aren't going to be thinking about this. And so long as there is a weaponized law enforcement or militaristic faction that controls trade routes, those people will, will be subservient and loyal to whatever the dominant violent faction so is. There's two questions that I would have to break out. One is, and everyone says they have the answer and they don't, because you could say one thing theoretically when, when, when S hit the fan, it's a very different situation. No one knows what the actual military would do. A lot of people are saying they would never fire on their own people. Wrong. Bull crap. Every country has that. We don't know percentage though. It could be like 100% do, do it, 10%. How do you work that? Number uh, two, well, just another point is, we don't know how effective the corporate press will be in this situation at manipulating public opinion. I think uh, there was, a, there was a, gra a graph that came out showing the ratings from the past week. Did you see it? No. Corporate press is, it's apocalyptic, the numbers that are dropping. It's, it's, it was really insane. I think like MSNBC dropped 15% a week or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but just because you don't trust them, if they're the only people you listen to, you're going to say, I hate him, but you're still going to listen to them. If the internet gets shut down. Yes. And it can be, people need to understand. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. 
New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It is possible to disrupt the internet very, very easily, the internet as we know it. It is impossible to stop internet communications, but centralized sources of in- information, Axis One, for instance, where we go to, yeah. that's the hub. These things can all be shut down relatively easily. And then all you have is the New York Times. Right. Mm-hmm. And do you believe them? And they're in the, and that's what you will, you will that's it. But uh, I will say, Absolutely. The militaries at uh, any branch would shoot American citizens. And I believe in, in the event of some kind As of... As they have done in the past. Yeah, I, I can't state. I mean, brutal. Uh, and and I don't, I'm, not, I'm not arguing it was right or wrong. You can argue, yeah, but, but they were throwing rocks. I'm like, oh, they shot Americans. So it happened. Like they opened fire and the guy got one, four, four dead. As one guy they, got shot through the hand. As if there would in this situation be plenty of false flags. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I want to drive this point home. The most dangerous thing I think our country faces... It's not the Clintons. It's not the Democrats. It's not the neo-libs. It's not the neocons. It's not, it's not Trump. It's not Trump. Certainly not Trump. Trump's one of the more positive forces, in my opinion. It is, it is one simple thing the biggest threat this country faces. It is the men and women of law enforcement are armed uh, and the armed forces who hold the ethos, I should just do my job. The most dangerous thing imaginable. Okay. I have just done my job, so I should probably leave because <laughs> that, that's the song I've been singing. I know. I'm, I, I'm not saying you don't know, but I'm just saying it's just delightful for me to hear someone who is much more mainstream in his views and more moderate than I to uh, see very clearly this is what it comes down to. You're probably mainstream, but... <clears throat> I mean, you're, you're not a... In between the far, fringe far-right Michael Malice's and the corporate press maybe or something. Sure, sure. Uh, um, we talked about this with Owen Schroyer. He said when he yeah, went to, uh, talk when, about a martyr Good when he Lord. went when he went to prison. He said there were prison guards saying, "Hey, I'm familiar with your work. I'm actually a fan, but I'm just doing my job, man." I would have looked him in the eye and say, "You are the evil I'm fighting against." Yes. Mm-hmm. If these prison guards went to their bosses and said, "I am putting a hand on Owen Schroyer, and I'm not going to have any party to what you're doing to him," you find somebody else. And if they said, "I will fire you," my response would be, "My paycheck is not worth my soul." But do you think that's? But they but they all just said, Duh, "I don't care." I'll lock up a guy I like because in the, in I get my paycheck in, in, in that voice. In that exact voice. <laughs> <laughs> These are live audio recordings. Uh, look, <laughs> I, have the, I have the documents. <laughs> but do you think part of it is that we are a country or a people without clearly defined values? I think people don't really know what they stand no, for, I, for it. So it's easy to say, well, I just have to stand by my paycheck. I think conservatives very much advocate, and this is not generally a wrong thing. I think this is actually a good rule in general to play by the rules and be a good person and not be a troublemaker. But they apply that literally like 100% of the time. And sometimes you want to make trouble because otherwise the trouble's here already. Mm-hmm. I just want to point out real quick, when uh, you search Google for U.S. Civil War, the fourth story is Trump barred from Colorado primary ballot for role in U.S. Wow. Capitol attack. So, and that's from one hour ago. But so what, what you role have Civil did he, War history. Never Trumpers gear for thing. Civil War. First of all, what, what role did he have even allegedly? He said, go over there peacefully and make your voice heard. This is First and Amendment And then he stuff. said, respect law enforcement. We respect law enforcement. Everyone should go home. But, but, He's that, crazy. He was out of th- control this is why, assembling look, a crowd. I, 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 I don't like the Democrats and what they're doing. There's a lot of Republicans I also don't like, but there's a handful that are, that are, that are okay. But none of that 
terrifies me. What terrifies me is police officers, U.S. servicemen and women, and prison guards who know they're, they're standing alongside the devil. And, and, and you can call that figurative or literal. If you are someone of, of faith, it's, you view it as literal. We can I call view it as literal. You can view it as spiritual or as, as a pragmatic. I'm saying quite literally, when I heard that from Owen Schroyer, these prison guards may as well have been the demons fighting alongside Satan himself. They know what they're doing is wrong. They know they're on the, on the side of evil and they don't care. And here's the other thing. It'd be one thing. They got a family to feed. If they tried looking for other jobs, nothing came up. And it's like, look, it's either this or my kids starve. Then I can, that's fine. But they haven't tried looking for other jobs. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is I've modulated my views on the police a little bit because I've spent way too much time watching police body cam footage on YouTube. <laughs> and apparently now snuff films are a thing. You just go on YouTube and watch people get murdered. Their channels dedicated nothing but. Yeah. And a lot of times you, you respect the police a lot more because they're dealing with an absolute maniac who's just complete. And they have to be like, sir or ma'am. And it's just like, I feel like this is your job. I feel for you. But then there's videos of some mentally disabled guy having a problem at Target with the uh, um, uh, self-checkout. And they're just manhandling him. And, and, the guy, what, and the guy's like in this voice being like, I didn't do anything. And, and I'm like, if you're putting your hands on someone who is mentally disabled or elderly or a child, because they're having a problem with the cashier. Yeah, why did Target call this to begin with? Okay, it's a separate question. And you can look at yourself in the mirror. You're, you are a demon. I mean, it, it, this is why the country is falling apart. You have many of these leftists and Democrats that want to abolish the police. But I mean, I think the fair point is- No, they want to abolish policing. That's the thing. You and no, I no, want to no, abolish no. the- Hold on, let me say one thing. We want to abolish the police in that we don't want a government monopoly, but they don't want people to be put in jail. Well, I actually disagree. My point I was going to make is they will actually say whatever they need to say. Oh, sure. That's fair. I'm sorry. Right. Yes. Yeah. They'll, they'll say today, these police are evil. Then when the cops come and mercilessly beat you, they'll laugh while it happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When the cops arrest Derek Chauvin, they clap and cheer. Look at Jimmy. Okay, here's another example. Look at Jimmy Kimmel, who's crying because his kid was sick. And I don't wish this on almost anybody. And my heart goes out to that kid. And then he's l literally laughing. Like, you didn't get vaccinated and you go to the hospital and you're not getting treatment. Sorry, coffee. And the audience laughs. Yep. And it's just like, you're a, you're a demon. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm done defending these people. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to say anything about his child. I'm done defending them or saying anything nice about him. The, I, I had this view in, in the 2010s about free speech where I was like, we have to defend free speech even for the people that, that we don't like because that's the point of free speech. And so you had these leftists and these woke people saying no free speech. Then they would get censored and I'd come out along with everyone else and say, unban them. That was wrong. We believe in free speech. They would get unbanned and say, thank you. Immediately then go, now ban them. And then I had the realization, you know what? Free speech extends to those who believe in free speech. End of story. If these people come out and they cry, what about my free speech? I'll say, you don't deserve it because you don't want it. I will give you exactly what you ask for. If they start banning people who believe in free speech, I will advocate for their free speech, but I will not defend people who are trying to burn it to the ground. Well, when Frank Herbert had this great quote in Dune, he goes, when I'm weaker than you, I ask for freedom because that is according to your principles. And when I'm stronger than you, I take away your freedom because that is according to my principles. Exactly. That's exactly the thing. Uh, I've never been for free speech. I hate that term. I've always thought freedom of association is much more important than free speech. If you want to go talk in some closet and have your own microphone, that's fine. But there's plenty of reasons why I don't want you on my platform. I don't want to be associated with you. If only because you're just obnoxious and bring nothing to the table. Let's jump to this next story from the Post Millennial. California moves to explore every wow. legal option okay, to get Trump broken. off the 2024 ballot by December 28th. Guys, 
Okay, Michael, I'm going on vacation, right? This, this, we wrap Friday and then I'm gone. We got to get one week out of the year. And they're trying to make Trump kicked off the ballot in during my vacation. What am I, I going to do? They I'm knew gonna, you were leaving. But, but and they're hold, like, I'm, this I'm gonna, is our time. But hold on. Here's something else that's interesting. And there's something to think about. I don't think Gavin Newsom is dumb. I think he is strategic in many ways. They, there's zero chance Trump wins California. So yeah. this is clearly them building steps for the future because he's not at all concerned Trump is going to be get California's election. But that's votes. not what it's about. It's about of 10, course not, 10 yes. million Republican votes in California yes. that count towards Trump's uh, uh, general election. Yes. And so what's going to happen is Donald Trump will win the Electoral College with 50 million to Joe Biden or whoever is 70 million. Then they will then the Democrats will come out screaming being like ladies and gentlemen the man who is currently giving the given given the nuclear football right does not represent this country. They say that now with the Senate. Of course. Of like, course. oh, like why? It's not fair that West Virginia has the same number of senators as California. Well, it actually is fair. They each have equal numbers. Because yeah. they're states. That's why yes. they did it that, that way. Was yes, the that's that was literally the point. The point of as, it was- As they know, as they know. Yep. So I think- You know what it is? is? I'm sorry, what's one more thing, Tim? The, the thing about free speech, free speech is great if people are arguing in good faith. But it, and there's a difference between someone who's just a leftist that's progressive views, and there's lots of people, and there's many strong arguments for progressivism. Things like this that are being done on political government level are not being done in good faith. This is that's the, the difference. This is the bigger issue with getting Trump's name off the ballot, removing him from the primaries on Super Tuesday. Yeah, they don't think Trump will win a general election. Right. They would strip him of popular vote totals. Yes. But more importantly, they remove Trump from the ballot before the primary. Nikki Haley is the nominee. But also they can this way, just say, any, look, if you're a member of the NRA, you're an insurrectionist. You can't run for office. Yeah. It's just that easy. I, look, I just don't see any future that doesn't involve, if it's not a civil war, it's a totalitarian uh, revolution of some sort. It's a Bolshevik revolution. I, I, I strongly disagree that those are the only two things on the table. I'm not saying only. Oh, okay. Wait. Sorry. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm saying like, there is no return to normalcy. But he, it was never normal. We were just brainwashed to thinking it was normal. I understand that, but we had a period. What I mean is, for for those of us between the ages of, you know, let's just say 20 and 40, we had a system that is gone. Yes, and what correct. We are, what we are going into will be 100 times more extreme and more tumultuous than anything we've experienced. I agree with that completely. Yeah. And that's a good thing. I think that's necessary. I think you need the enema to get rid of the poop. Yeah, it, it <laughs> could be a, a short-term, relatively short-term bout of chaos. No, I don't think short-term. Well, you got to define, it could be 15 years. That, well, that's pretty long-term. That would be short-term in my opinion. Well, the Civil War is well, only four. Yeah, but I mean, I'm yeah. talking like real global The American chaos, Revolution was 20. Is that long-term? transformation. Was 20? 20, the, the, the American Revolutionary period was 20 years, yeah. The, uh, well, the period, not the whole war. The, the, but but the but the war I, I think the idea of the revolutionary war is is less meaningful than the revolutionary period like the Boston yes I, that's fair the Boston Tea Party like redcoats were killing people yeah. before there was a war yes you know that's I mean? fair so we talk about the war but the revolutionary period was twenty years and um, the uh, what is it the first battle of the revolutionary war took place a year and a few months before the signing of the De Declaration of Independence mm -hmm. it's funny that a lot of people think the signing of the declaration started the the, the revolution it's like it's I because think, they get it, it in like history 10 years later right but they get it in history textbook and I, I don't, I'm not going to fault but, anyone but, for this but, where it's all stacked on top of each other it's it's very hard to conceptualize the narrative that, the narrative that, makes no, no, more no. sense that way that, yeah. that's that's sort of true it, uh, every, uh, history is condensed but no I think the reality is people just don't read history 
They hear, what do we know? The holiday, July 4th. Why? Right. Because in 1776, they signed the Declaration of Independence. Do you know what the actual date of the signing was? The, the what? The Declaration of Independence? Yeah. No, what? The second. Was it? Yeah. And then, uh, or it may have actually been before that. I, 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 I believe it was the second, and then it took- uh, Two days to get everyone to sign it? I don't, I don't, I don't even know. No, I think it was signed on the second. And then it was uh, not in circulation on, until like, the and, and publicly known until the fourth. Yeah, but I could be wrong, but something like that. If you read books, you would think that there's only two genders and no scientist thinks this anymore. Not <laughs> the ones that are allowed to practice. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to mess with the chat room. <laughs> so, but, but, but anyway, back to, the, uh, back to what's going on with California. Let me ask you if uh, Trump is removed from these ballots. Nikki Haley? There is, there is... I, I don't think Trump getting removed from the ballots, then it's just like, well, we're just going to go ahead with the election and it's it's whatever, whatever plan B is for the Republicans. That's not how it works. Yeah. I think things are going to get very, very ugly, very, very quickly. Uh, I will be paying Roseanne in that circumstance. I think we might have, I, I don't know what it would oh, look we, like. We got to get into this, but um, I, you may have to pay her. You well, know? We're going to talk about that. Well, we'll, 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 get, we'll get into I'm that. We're looking for a but way for those, this. For, for those that aren't familiar, uh, Roseanne said on this show, how long ago? That was a few, few months ago? March. Was March? March I wow, think. long time ago. Uh, Roseanne said it. Wow, I can't believe how long it's been. I think so. Yeah, Roseanne said that she didn't think there'd be an election. There are two bets we made. That's right. Military tribunals. Everyone everyone remembers the second bet. They're, they're all forgetting the first bet. I think you won the first one. That's yeah, no shit. No, no, no. <laughs> she said, no, what did she, she say? There'd be, she said there'd be mass arrests by the end of the year. Yeah, that's not happening. I don't but, know. but hold on, hold on. We have on. a couple like, weeks left, right? No, no, hold on. She said, Trump. Would there be military tribunals? And I'm like, you're saying Trump will have people arrested? Like, or the Democrats are going to arrest people? I'll take either. If either case, I'll give her $1,000. If, if the Democrats have mass arrest, she wins. Fine. That's true, too. Uh, in the I, next I, week. Okay, well, that's not, a, that's not 0%. That's not zero. It's yeah. not zero. No, no, no. It's not zero. <laughs> I'm not saying it's zero. But anyway. Uh, someone also bet me that Trump, and my, my buddy who's a failed podcaster, Tom Woods, someone on Twitter <laughs> bet me $500 that Trump would be reinstated in the White House by January 1st, 2024. Not 2025, meaning they would overturn the 2020 election and have Trump in the White House by 2024. Now, there's a non-zero chance that'll happen next week, but I'm looking. No, that's, that's zero, right? The idea that Democrats would arrest people, they've already arrested Trump and Trump's legal team and his, you know, his lawyers and other people sure. involved. So the idea that the Democrats would stage mass arrests is like maybe like 0.05. Like yeah, that's fair. But the idea that Trump is reinstated is like, okay, fine. It's in, it's in the realm of physical reality. <laughs> Yeah. But like we're talking zero point zero 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 one percent. Right. It would be more likely that like the Secretary of Commerce becomes president. Like, <laughs> like everyone else gets knocked off. Yeah, it, it'd be more likely that the plot of designated survivor mm -hmm. happens line for line yeah. in reality. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I, I just come on. No. I like that show, but it went off the rails so quickly. Oh, I don't know. I didn't watch it. I just know the general premise. Like everybody dies but him, and they're like, "Your president's like, why?" <laughs> it's like King Ralph. You're like two hundredth in line, so because, you're in because charge. you're here. It's like, well, you're here. I guess that makes it you. And uh, and here we go. Uh, so so, what do you think? You think that if California actually makes the move as well, we're well, off. they are making the move. I know, right? But I'm saying, like, Wait, what do they make? What moves have they taken? Did so Gavin the, just call it, or they no, no, no? no. The lieutenant governor said Trump should be removed for the same reason. Okay, and she, it was really funny because she said, "You, she, everyone knows you have to be 40 years old and cannot have staged an insurrection or whatever." And everyone's like, "Neither of those are true." Yeah. Like, the, the, the fascinating thing about Colorado's ruling, the Supreme Court of Colorado, is that the third uh, Article Three of the 14th Amendment actually does not include the president, and they even said it in their ruling. They said it's just self-evident 
That's not how the law works. You don't get to be like, well, the law doesn't say we can arrest you, but we think they intended that. It's pretty obvious, right? You're under arrest. Well, like, the no. law is whatever those in power decide the law is. Yes. As people are learning. Steve Deese you, is really good about this. He goes, this has always been, I was shocked that someone who's a conservative and not an anarchist can be like, this is a country of will and not laws, and it always has been. And absolutely. That's the anarchist perspective. Yeah, the, the idea that free speech exi existed in this country at any point is laughable. Uh, the, the Sedition Act, uh, President Adams, we're arresting journalists for criticizing the government. First and, thing. And, and, and not just that. We had obscenity laws. George Carlin got arrested for swearing. Yes. So if, if you want, if you want to make arguments about the limits of of free speech, and it, it's it's been better than it's been in a long time. And it's not a function of the Constitution, which has not changed. It's been a function of the culture, which is always exactly. more important than any piece of paper. That's why we make you know songs. Yes. That's why we we make skate videos. That's why it's so important what the Daily Wire is doing. And you know, a lot of people I hear will say things like, uh, "Oh, I want to get involved in the fight, so I'm going to do a podcast." And I'm like, "Well, I got to be honest, like." We, we probably got too many of those. You know, some may be better than others, but what we need is music, video games, and mm -hmm. TV shows, movies, there, you, comedy. You know, you know why it's important? Because there has to be as little or no social cost for opting out. Yeah. If you have alternatives yeah. where I can play video games, I, like Gamergate, I just want to play video games. Mm -hmm. Where I can play video games and get action figures and get laid and watch programs and not be involved with their whole edifice, then we've won. Yeah. That's the plan, man. And and, I think uh, it's happening. Don't you think it's happening more and more? I agree. I agree. I think with the major boycotts we saw of this year, we are uh, with Disney's failures. Do you not think, hold on, let me interrupt. Do you not think it's hilarious? I mean, I, that John Fetterman handed over a case of Bud Light to whoever it was. <laughs> was that not funny? Well, what, what do you think about the Bud Light thing right now? What, what's happening what's, now? What's, well, so right now, Kid Rock has said it's over. He said, we gave him a black eye. It's what they deserved. I think we're good. Uh, Joe Rogan laughed, said it was stupid, and then bought uh, several cases of Bud Light out and, and drank them with, with some comedians, like Shane Gillis, I think. They posted a photo of it. And uh, Dana White says they're aligned with you more than you realize, and everyone who, who believes in this country should go out and buy Bud Light. Um, the, the other, Matt, I, Wal Matt Walsh has come out and said, no, the boycott is still on. Hold the line. I don't understand the point of pulling a boycott. Here's, let's let's take something out of this let's, a, a little unpolitical un, un, un way. Do you have any siblings, Ian? Yeah, two. A brother or sister? Two brothers. Okay, let's suppose I'm on a podcast and I say an insulting thing about your brother as a dumb joke. And you, you come to me, you go, you shouldn't have said that, hurt his feelings. And I felt bad about it. And I'd be like, you know what? That was screwed up. I'm sorry. I would apologize to you. I would ask your brother for an apology. And I'd be like, Here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep his name out of my mouth for the future because I don't want to hurt his feelings. He didn't deserve that. In that case, you would accept my apology because you know what? I made a stupid joke. I didn't mean it. Harm was done and it was resolved. Maybe I'd give him like a, a say, hey, buy beer on, on my behalf, right? You have, when you, to forgive someone, they have to apologize and acknowledge what they did wrong and own it. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Let me give you another scenario. In my opinion. Do uh, you have any siblings? Yes. Uh, uh, a sister. Sister. Uh, Which Ian. is terrible. Okay, so Ian praises your sister. Uh, <laughs> I, that's pretty, you got out there pretty creative. What have I done? No, no, no. Okay, let's 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 for real. No. Uh, so so you insult you know Ian's brother. Yeah. And Ian says, "Hey, you shouldn't have done that. That's that that was mean, and you shouldn't say it." So you go, "Okay, give your brother a hundred dollars on me, and a hundred dollars to you. We'll be done with it." 
should he say okay or should he be like no i don't want your money i well, want you i want your apology i think it depends on our relationship if he yeah. could tell i really do feel bad and also i'm giving you just go buy dinner on me then that's different but if he's no just apology like, you just say you, you just privately say okay well how about i give you a hundred bucks and we'll, we'll i we'll wouldn't take square. that apology my integrity is not worth a hundred dollars mm -hmm. i'd be like keep your money and you don't have to say anything about my brother but i know who you are now and the so, apology acknowledges that there was wrong done, yes that's right? the thing you have to be explicit. cash is saying please stop talking about yeah this. go away i'm paying so here, you go here, away here's my concern right now uh, let's ask ian what he thinks it was well, your but, brother but, Outside of outside of the, the the brother analogy, I understand your point. The concern I have with the Bud Light thing is you've lost Joe Rogan, you've lost Kid Rock, you've lost Dana White, uh, and we have seen some political gains. I I don't really care about platitudes. So what have we seen? Hundred million dollars goes to UFC. You end up with people like Sean Strickland coming out saying, uh, "Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll just tell you what he said." He said that trans people should not, they should not be accepted by, what, what they're going through should not be accepted by society. I don't like that either. But my, the, the point was, he said a bunch of things okay. that like you can't say on YouTube. And he said, sponsored by Bud Light. He also just tweeted that January 6th is the most patriotic thing that this country has, has done in a long time. That's better. This is a guy who was saying, thank you, Bud Light, for sponsoring my speech and allowing me to say this. I view that as on par with what they did with Dylan Mulvaney. So it's sort of a moot you know, neutralizing force in a certain degree. But my bigger concern is if the catalyzing forces of the boycott have basically bowed out, that means you've lost a few generals. Sure. What's going to happen is come April, the wraparound for year to year profits is going to hit. Bud Light's going to report earnings. They're going to see a net positive gain because it's year over year. Their, their stock has already recovered. They're going to declare victory over the boycott. So what I'm saying is either you join with the likes of Joe Rogan and Kid Rock Dana White and Sean Strickland and say, ha ha ha, we've won, declare victory over your enemies. But or if you do want to maintain the boycott and double down, you need an advancing strategy. How are you going to get them to apologize? Uh, I, I can't remember who was tweeting about this. It, um, who was tweeting about this? They said we we would need to see. I think it might have been James Lindsay um, testi testimony before Congress as to how this happened. Have uh, Republicans call them in and say, what was this that caused damage to the shareholders? Victory in lawsuits. But the idea that we simply just don't do anything, and that's what a boycott is. We don't buy their product and we just go on with our lives, I think is, is, is not an option. So there's been a divide in this. Many people saying, hold the line, keep the boycott up. And I say, okay, what's the next plan? What's the next move? Because if you do nothing, they'll take back the battlefield. I, I agree, broadly speaking, but I'm just going to make one point. I know people are going to melt down. I don't think what Bud Light did is as bad as what some of these other companies are doing. Like when you're talking, okay, it's a trans influencer. We we, we made a, like a custom bottle can for 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 Dylan Mulvaney. Great, that's one thing. Well, that we, wasn't the issue. Well, hold on, just one more thing. When you have things like Target with like tucking panties mm -hmm. for kids, like that's that that tar but Target's so much harder for but people that, to but hold on, hold on. boycott for. That also did not happen. What, what happened then? Please, the tucking me. was for adults. Okay. Still, the concern is that they have all of this stuff front and center and available for yeah. children. To I, see. I accept. And they correct. had gender neutral swimwear. Yes. For the okay. talking stuff they, wasn't. Was I apologize to Target. That's a bad example. I'm saying is you still don't have to apologize for them. No, we'll but just I, make sure we're, I, we're, I want to be clear. I, I yeah. want to speak correctly, so I don't yeah. want to be like Target. You know, I'm glad that you corrected me. What I'm saying is, there's other organizations that do things that are far more malevolent than take someone who's already an influencer and make and, them. It's like a one-off thing. And on I got to correct you on Bud Light. It wasn't that Dylan Mulvaney got a can. It's that Dylan Mulvaney was hired and paid what is uh, no, no, the but, report is one hundred eighty thousand dollars to promote Bud Light and a contest they were doing. I'm just saying it's important because the, I'm saying it's people think that you could go to Walmart and get a Dylan Mulvaney can. You could not have done that. It was a custom can just for Dylan. But that's not what anyone's mad about. The corporate press claimed that was the the cause of the boycott. It was not. 
The cause of the boycott was that Dylan Mulvaney grabbed a stack of Bud Light, put them on a table and said, everyone buy Bud Light and use this hashtag to win a contest. Hashtag whatever. I don't know. March Madness or something was paid, according to some, some reports, $180,000 and Dylan Mulvaney's audience is children. So people were like, why are they promoting this gender ideology stuff? And why are they promoting it to children? The media then immediately ran out and said, Bud Light gave a custom can to one person and the right lost their mind my, to obfuscate and lie about what happened. Fair. My point is there are many such cases where they are targeting children, not via somebody, but directly. Oh, yeah. And like when you have these publishers who are publishing these books that have pornographic content for kids, they are, to me, are much more malevolent there, than uh, some Dylan Mulvaney thing. There's a big story right now. That's the all I'm saying. The Daily Wire's tweeting about it. And Wokeness tweeted it. It's Coco Melon. Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. Where it's an interracial gay couple singing to their son who's dancing in girls' clothing. And so, you know, Daily Wire, of course, saying this is why we made Bent Key. We'll talk about that in the members only show so we can get more in depth because I do want to I, I do want to get back to the politics. Just, going on. Can I say one more thing? It's also important in terms of boycotts, and things like this to pick your battles because it's much more useful to take down someone who is both much more evil and who you can win than somewhere. It's just like, you know, like water for ducks back. My, my view on Bud Light is and I hate I, I don't understand how one drinks Bud Light to begin with. Maybe I, I'm I, a I, snob. I, and like, I'm not going to buy it. You know, like when we, we don't, we don't even buy sodas. We buy the spin drafts because it's like 17 calories, fruit juice. Yeah, and, I'm, I've got my soda. Dr. Pepper Zero. That's disgusting. It's the, it's my primary method of hydration. Oh, I'm, not even, I'm not kidding at all. My, <laughs> well, pee, okay, okay. my pee is jet black. Well, well, well <laughs> let's jump to the politics. Let's get back to yes. the primary discussion. We've got this. Ladies and gentlemen, I am going to say this unequivocally. Ron DeSantis has disqualified himself. There is no circumstance in which I will vote for this man. What do you, Gavin Newsom? You gonna get him off the ballot? <laughs> no, no, he, 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 can, he can do whatever he wants. Take a look at this video. Let me play it for you, and you can hear it for yourself. Do we have an uh, audio queued up? And real quick, fellow GOP 2024 presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy saying he will remove himself from the Colorado ballot unless Trump's eligibility is restored. Would you do the same? No, I think that's just playing into the left. Um, I think the case will get overturned by the Supreme Court. But I've qualified for all the ballots. I'm competing in all the states, and I'm going to accumulate the delegates necessary. That's the whole name of the game in this situation. But I do anticipate that that decision was political and will get reversed. All right, Governor Ryan. For that, he has disqualified himself. Do you know what Vivek is really, really good at? Vivek is really good. Maybe this, he's read too much Robert Greene, 48 Laws of Power. He's really good at making these bold power moves yeah. and forcing everyone else to yep. react to what he's doing. That, to me, is I political wanna, strategy at its finest. We have to address this. Ron DeSantis says that's playing into the left. I don't, it makes no sense. It literally makes no sense. It makes no sense. If the move of the left is to remove Donald Trump so that someone else wins the primary, Ron said, I know what they did is political and I have secured the delegates and that's the game. And if you want to be really pedantic, the California Supreme Court and the left are not synonymous because there's lots of leftists. Colorado are, Supreme Court. Sorry, Colorado. There's lots of leftists who are, I know like people on Twitter freak out. There's lots of leftists who are pro-democracy in this sense who find this unconscionable. Mm -hmm. I, I, I will call out, look, Robert, Robert Kennedy Jr. is not a right-winger. He, right. He's like, this is crazy. Tucker Carlson said on IRL on Monday at TPUSA that the people representing Ron DeSantis online are some of the nastiest zero-sum people he's ever seen. And instantly, they all lose their minds. Can you name names? Because who's he referring to? Well... Because someone I'm friends with, like Laura Loomer, I like Laura, right? Mm. She is, goes for the jugular every time. Does she work for Trump? No, no. no. I, I'm, I'm not, uh, 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 right, Christina so, Peshaw. You, okay. She's Ron's second in command. Sure. 
she 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 on the internet behaves as though she and Laura Loomer are the exact same person doing the exact same things. Okay. And now at first I said, now hold on there, just gosh darn minute. <laughs> in that voice. In that voice, Laura <laughs> Loomer is just a fan of Trump. Right. And Christina Peshaw is is Ron's second in command. For what reason is the the like press campaign press secretary and second in command arguing with fans of Donald Trump? And that's the world they live in. So. At first, I say this doesn't reflect on, on on DeSantis in terms of the nastiness of his supporters online, but the fact that he won't fire them absolutely does. So when Tucker said it doesn't reflect on Ron, but these people are, it absolutely does. Of course, they're yeah. Why won't he fire Redfern, Griffin, and and Peshaw? If Ian was on on Twitter like spouting Nazi ideology, and you're going to be like, well, it's his opinion. Like that's crazy. Depending, de I'm, but I got to be honest. Like we have a very strong free speech. Bent sure, but I'm fine. This company, but you're you're right. Uh, and I've said this over and over again. There is a threshold of I'm course. willing to tolerate. Yes, I, 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 I have said free speech, not for those who don't believe in free speech. Right. Anybody who wants to come in here, advocate for fascism and taking away people's rights. I'm going to say I'm not going to defend yours. You don't. Or, or at least I'm not going to. At least I don't have to hire you. It's freedom of oh, association. Yeah. You hire yes, and work with whoever yes, you want. Yeah. Ron DeSantis is here. He said it. The, the last part of this is the most important part. Not the I won't remove myself. Whatever. The last part of this is what matters. Let me play it again. No, I think that's just playing into the left. Um, I think that that was meaningless, by the way. It makes no sense. Yeah, but anyway, the case will get overturned by the Supreme Court. But I've qualified for all the ballots. I'm competing in all the states, and I'm going to accumulate the delegates necessary. That's the whole name of the game in this situation. The whole name of the game is for him to accumulate the delegates. He will not remove himself, even if Trump has rem has been removed. He thinks Trump will be put back on. It's political. I'm getting all these DeSantis people saying. Oh, yeah, but, you know, he's saying he knows it'll be overturned. I'm like, that's meaningless. If that were true and he thought 100% Trump would be back on the ballot, then he would say, Vivek's right. I, I will absolutely remove myself from the primary process because it's not a real race. No, he said the opposite. He said the name of the game is get the delegates and I'm not backing down. I'm going to win. I, he, I, he is no different than a Democrat. I have seen not one time in this primary where Ron DeSantis did a bold move or took a strong stand on anything, which is shocking to me. No, it would have been more interesting if he beat Vivek to the punch yes. here, right? Because that's the thing. Now, Vivek, yep. who knows everyone else? He, we talk about it all the time. Republicans are not unified. There are a bunch of people who obviously don't want Trump to become the nominee, theoretically Vivek included, right? Because sure. he's campaigning for president. So he was the first one to say, well, I would leave it. And now all of them who actually don't want to leave the race either follow suit, meaning that he is the leader, or they argue and then they see anti-Trump, which isolates the base. His entire governorship is bold move, bold move, leftist freak out headline, bold move, bold move, bold move. But as but he's running as you would think a Nikki Haley candidacy would be run. He's running worse than Nikki Haley. Worse, but I mean, it's, 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 I, better than he I, I don't understand. And what I see is, I didn't support Donald Trump in 2016. I, we have criticisms on this show of Trump. We have debates over police as an institution, abolition of police. We have we have fairly nuanced conversations. The left doesn't want to come on the show. Well, screw them. They don't have to, but they should. And when it comes to the likes of uh, Donald Trump, as I said, uh, Luke Rudkowski will come on here and criticize Trump to no end, even at one point saying he wouldn't vote for him. And then he sure enough went and voted for him. Luke voted. Luke says he voted for Trump. Mm, OK, <laughs> I guess well, yeah, we, I guess we know who the real anarchist is after all. That's right. That's right. But my point is this me, Michael, you have. Yeah, your brother. I hate him. <laughs> you have Ron DeSantis's supporters, prominent journalists and personalities and personnel at the Daily Wire who are saying things that come off as the most pathetic, desperate lies to defend Ron DeSantis. Matt Walsh 
came, uh, said something that I thought was just, it was cringe. He criticized Vivek saying, what's the point of doing this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it is the most unbelievable thing, an inauthentic thing a person could say, acting as though they don't understand what Vivek was doing. Right. We all get it. Vivek is in third place in the lesser known GOP debates. He's in fourth place in the primary, and he's still doing power moves, and we know exactly why he's doing it. To act like you think it makes no sense is, in my opinion, it's cringe, man. There, there, there are journalists that we've had on the show. Obviously, we're friends with Matt. We, I, I like the guy. I think he's fantastic, but I'll criticize who I think deserves it. And they're, they're on Twitter, Dave Rubin, acting like Ron DeSantis did the right thing here. And I'm like, dude, I don't care what you think. Okay, we can be friends. We can have dinner. That's kind of the point. But no one believes you when you come out and you're like, I think Ron did the right thing. You don't believe that. Now you're losing all your credibility because he's outright saying he's going to win the delegates after they removed Trump from the race. And that's the game. No, it isn't. And here's the not thing. The game isn't, I play. isn't Colorado way down the line in terms of when they actually Super vote? Tuesday? Yeah. So like Colorado is not going to be determinative in, in any case. By Super Tuesday, it's probably going to be close to wrapped up, maybe down to two people. Right. So this wouldn't even cost him anything else if he uh, on the other hand, let's play devil I'll play, let, me, let me play devil devil's advocate with you. What if the concern with DeSantis is that Vivek is being the leader among the Plan B people, and if Ron agrees with him, that's gonna be used as look, Ron DeSantis can't even leave within the, within the primary. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and Vivek, at least no. in the five thirty eight polls uh, after the last debate, he jumped over Christie. Christie and he were sort of neck and neck, and he's wow. he's jumped. I'm up. as bad for Vivek. That, he must have had some kind of big pogo stick. I think part. Yeah, that's true. But you ever seen those, is, those extreme pogos? Oh yeah, where they do flips and stuff. <laughs> that's super cool. But I think part of it is that Vivek has uh, charisma, and when he's on stage, he can really command attention. Right? He had his like. And he's also got notebook. nothing to lose. Right. And yeah. so at this point, why not? I mean, the the thought what I heard from some people was like. It's easy to say I'll come off the ballot when you think they're going to terminate their campaign anyways, which also puts him in a strong position. It's one of the reasons that people want Donald Trump back in the White House, because he could only serve one more term anyways. Right. So imagine what he would do. Uh, it's a very similar mindset. And I think, this again, is, that's a threat uh, uh, to DeSantis. Let me give you an example. Ryan Saavedra, he said in response, I said I, I tweeted, no one see no one honest sees anything other than Ron trying to win power. If he really believed it, he would uh, he, it would be overturned. He would agree with Vivek. Saavedra tweeted. One, Trump's team filed a lawsuit to have DeSantis thrown off the ballot, which Tim Pool ignores. This is why I despise these people. Sorry, Ryan. This is the cringiest, most despicable thing. Is Ryan a DeSantis person? Yes. Okay. When this happened, we all talked about it. You want me to go back to May and be like, well, I know it's happening now with Trump, but let's go back in time six months to discuss an old news story that's not relevant right now. Well, of course we talked about it. Whenever these stories come up, we talk about it. The whole debate we had was over whether or not Ron, first, it's whether Ron could be Trump's VP. That que that's out of the question. And whether or not Ron was in violation of laws pertaining to using his funds from, from, from the governor's race for the presidential race. And we've had numerous conversations about his staff uh, working between the campaign and his, uh, and, and his office. That conversation happens all the time. And now he's like, Tim ignores it. They're just lying. And anyone, you, you, hold on. Let me, do, let me. I don't know Ryan, but let me, it could be that he just doesn't know. So he doesn't mean he's lying. He just could be ignorant. Why is he bringing up a story from May? Because in this case, it's showing that he's trying to claim that Trump's being a hypocrite. So he's claiming I'm a hypocrite. No, he he could be he claiming says, Tim that Pool ignores. He could be playing that in terms of him not knowing your record as opposed to lying. So he's making instead of looking into it at Correct. all. Correct. He maybe he was lazy. I'm so just, so I'm, he's fabricating or lazy. I, 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 I don't accept lazy. Okay, that's C fine. Considering, just... considering the fact that 
Ron supporters have this. This is their mo. This is one example. I don't know them as well as you do. Okay. This is no matter what Ron does, there's some defense for it. Okay. When we had Laura Loomer and Bill Mitchell on debating Trump v. DeSantis, yeah, I asked Bill Mitchell, why are the DeSantis people attacking me? And he says, Laura Loomer tweeted, and Alex Brusewitz, and I said, Bill, stop. I'm not Laura Loomer. I'm not Alex Brusewitz. Why are they tweeting at me? And he goes, Laura Loomer. And I said, I don't care. Why are you tweeting at me? This is what they do. They, they, They see something from a fan of Trump's, they grab onto it, and then they make shit up. So this is a topical news program. When Donald Trump was challenging DeSantis, of course we talked about it. We talked about it in numerous contexts. There's no reason to say this other than you're trying to mislead your audience and act like we don't care that Trump does these things. When Laura Loomer tweeted a, uh, a fake tweet, we presume, from Christina Peshaw, that Christina Peshaw tweeted the same thing. I said, the DeSantis campaign, the DeSantis people are the scumbags they claim Trump are. They immediately ran with it, but Trump doesn't care. Or Tim doesn't care when Trump does it. I said, is Laura Loomer on Trump's campaign? And they all, they all think that this is the, this is why I say, okay, I'm done with these people. They view themselves like we're on stage at a rock concert and Donald Trump is here. And I thought Ron DeSantis was up here with us and we were debating what the next song in the set was going to be. I now realize, thanks to the DeSantis fans, Donald Trump is up on stage. We're standing here behind him, cheering him on. And down there in the audience, in the mosh pit, arguing with, you know, with Rick, who's selling cotton candy is Ron DeSantis in his campaign. And they're screaming at us on stage. And I said, ah, why am I even bothering talking to these people? I shouldn't be yelling down to the, to the audience and the fans. Let, let them watch the show and do their thing. Ron DeSantis is not a serious contender. His influencers are not even viewing themselves as on par with the Trump campaign. So we shouldn't even be debating him. He's done. Well, I think he is. I think the, the fact seems pretty clear that his campaign is just completely imploded. I've never seen anything like it in my lifetime, probably. And he's never gained. I mean, Trump is still polling at like, what, 60 percent there. Do no you, one has been able to close that gap. Here's the question for the table. And I, I can go either way, but I, I'm leaning toward, towards one one way or the other is the answer is, is this 40 chess from the Democratic establishment to force Trump to be the nominee, thinking he'd be much more beatable if he's got felonies? I mean, felonies? that was one of the things well, DeSantis said today. You got this. Pollster. I think this was, um, who was this? This was, uh, what's his face? What's the pollster's name that no one cares about anymore? Frank Luntz. Was that was this Luntz who said this? Yeah, Luntz. He said uh, this Supreme Court ruling from uh, uh, Colorado, it, Trump is now more likely to beat Biden because of this. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that is just because they're playing 4D chess doesn't mean they're good at it. So in their thinking, their normie thinking, they could be like, no one's going to vote for a felon. No one's right. going to vote for blah, blah, blah. No one's going to vote for... Th- they saw this. This was their 2016 strategy. Pied Piper. One, once we make... Right. Once we make him out to be a white nationalist Nazi, no one's going to vote for him. It's going to be clear <laughs> you have to vote for Hillary. And basically the message was every single day, you have to vote for Hillary. You have to go for Hillary. Every right thinking person is voting for Hillary. Mm-hmm. Just ask us. And then everyone voted anyway into the booth and raised their finger said nah I'm, you know that trump. in swing states not only does trump have a lead uh i think he's leading in seven and tied in two but some it, are double digit double digits mm-hmm. but more importantly among people who did not vote in 2020 trump holds a 40 percent lead in michigan holy and like crap. a 27 percent lead in georgia holy crap new voters swinging towards trump you know why the rent's too damn high yeah <laughs> They, they can't I, you should have like him this. on the show, Jim McMillan, <laughs> if he's still alive. It is the cost of food. Uh, there's a meme that's going around. I love it. You know the who radicalized you meme 
And it's of like the course, NPC. Yes. The new one is a guy saying, angrily saying, my grocery bill. And it's a, pic it's a picture <laughs> yeah, of a receipt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, we, I went out to eat at a, we went to a Mexican restaurant today. I got, we got fajitas, guacamole, and a pupusa. How much do you think that cost? $37. What do you think? I, 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 I don't even really know what half those things are. Maybe it was 36 look, just for look, the people. Fajita, wait, let me, let me speak. Like, look, a sit down restaurant? We went to hold a, on. Like, hold, sit down? $57. Let me, let me, let me, let me give you guys uh, uh, a painted picture. It was approximately, I don't know what, three or 400, no, 300 square feet, maybe 200 square feet small. Okay. Uh, I would estimate eight to 12 tables. Okay, I know those th those types. Yeah. With fast, casual, bar-style, small Mexican restaurant. Around here? Yeah. Okay. So not a high-class sit-down. We're talking wood chairs and a table. So fajita, I would guess. Chicken fajitas. So this is chicken breast. Over... I don't chicken fajitas. So chicken yeah. fajitas yeah, are eleven ninety-five. I would guess. What are the other two things? We ordered guacamole. Guacamole is going to be eight ninety-five. And a pupusa. I don't know what that is. It is it. a stuffed flour tortilla. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, that's going to be like six ninety-five. I would say. And plantains. Plantains oh. will be what? Like Plantanos. six also. Uh, what do you think the total cost? So of twelve, those? thirteen. Plus 12, 25, plus, so like 34. Yeah, my guess was up there with 34, but what now that I'm thinking of inflation, I'm looking at I feel 18, like it was, it's like $65. $18 fajitas, 57 bucks. No. 47. 47 Wow, bucks. so that's a third more than, than it would have been like not that long ago. $47.50, not a high-end restaurant. I mean, I'm not trying to disrespect this restaurant. It was really good food. Um, but this was a local, small, like, it was a strip mall, a strip mall uh, Mexican you know, restaurant. You know why this makes me so angry? And this is why I'm very like end the Fed and all this other stuff. Because inflation is a tax on poverty. Yes. Mm -hmm. It hurts poor people first and foremost. And it, oh, it, oh, it oh. just drives me crazy. Michael, do you think that, uh, uh, you know this, but let me just stress this for the people listening. Inflation is good for the wealthy. You, 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 you want to know what the, what the wealthy love about inflation? When the costs go up, it means their net worth goes up. Yeah, right. But a poor person who needs to buy chicken and they're not making enough money, they can't buy that food for their family now. For the, for the, for the wealthy investor, they're like, what's inflation at? Oh, so what's, what's, what's my property at? Right, right. Wow, my car is up 7%, my, my house is up 7%. Wait, the, wait, wait. The, the hard assets we own from our, you know, our insert, you know, factory, building, whatever, all, all those are more expensive now. Is your mom an immigrant? No. Okay. When we came to this country, I, my mom told me how we had so little money, like on, on 86th Street in Bensonhurst in Brooklyn, you have a lot of fruit stands. And she'd go to the fruit stand on, on uh, the west side, of the st all the way west, see how much the grapes were, walk all the way to the other side, this down the block. And it's not a short block. These are avenues in Brooklyn. See how much the grapes were. And if it's like a five cent difference, she would do it. And that's yeah. the kind of thing when you're like really poor, you have to make these considerations. So it, it, it like there's few things that get me like really, really, really enraged. And the flippancy with which inflation is talked about as if like, oh, it's going to be warmer tomorrow. It's like, these are people having to make sacrifice about, they have to wake up half an hour earlier to get to work because they can't afford like some kind of surge pricing or something for the bridge or mm -hmm. it's it's so gross. You know, I, I, did, I, I did a couple of books with D.L. Hughley and one of the points he made, which really kind of resonated with me and I don't agree with him specifically, but he goes, you know, this country hates poor people. And I don't think that's true, but it sure doesn't love them. And, and it doesn't look out for them. It doesn't, and especially people who are in power. You know, you, tr the lefty lefties traditionally at their best are the bleeding hearts who are like, oh, you know, someone's hungry. Let's get them fed. Let's get them clothes. You know, let's look out for them. And like, we, you'd laugh at that. But it's like, you know what? The older I get, the less I laugh at that, and the more I'm like, we can use a little bit more of that. And it really sickens me how much poor people aren't thought of in this country because they don't have much power.
by definition. They're, they're, they're used as weapons. It's yes, the, exactly. The immigrants are are the poor new poor people that are being taken care of by the government. It's the people that are coming across the border. They're not poor. Flown. Well, they, they don't come over here with anything as far yes, as Yes, they do. The, it costs them thousands of dollars to hire these coyotes. Yeah, but a lot Some of times Some of these people they, coming from North Africa have 10 grand. Sometimes they come in and they owed, they have to pay that back after they get here. Yeah, sometimes. But when we're looking at North African migrants who paid uh, smugglers $5,000, that's more than a lot of people in this country could afford to spend on, on on moving. Now, to be fair, yes, they get here. Now they don't have anything. Perhaps they shouldn't have spent five, you know, between three and five grand or even upwards of 10, depending on who they're with to come to this country. And now the fascinating thing is we've got these videos coming up from like Ashley St. Clair, Nuance Bro had a video and uh, Taylor Hansen from uh, Tenet. These people are giving being given premium economy. They're being flown in the premium seats on airplanes. Yeah, that's to story. Any, to their choice of destination. I, you flew me coach here, you POS. Well, are you a migrant? Yeah. Did you cross <laughs> yes. the border illegally? I'm, 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 I'm a refugee. You're we will illegal. reimburse you the difference <laughs> and get you a first class on the way back. Uh, I'll tell I'm you. I'm not Joe Biden. Right? I'll tell you a funny story. The, I, I when I left New York for Austin, one way ticket. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to get first class, and the armrests are too far apart because I'm a munchkin. <laughs> And I'm like, I wasted money for nothing. You can't even use the armor. Yeah, all, all I can think of about solving the the inflation issue is making fuel cheaper. But that it's not just inflation. fuel. It's also food. But and that's, it's also rent. It's that's every, literally A everything. lot of that stuff is result. The reason food's expensive is because you got to use fuel to get it from the farm sure. to the factory. But that also doesn't it, it doesn't include human expectation. Inflation yes. is also high because people demand clean running water, air conditioning, refrigeration, hot showers. A lot of that stuff comes from combustion, which is carbon based. It's your answer, graphene. It's your answer to everything. It, it, no, it's it, hydrogen. No, but, okay, but, but it's, it's, it's an overly simplistic answer. It's not completely wrong. Energy plays a huge role in inflation. Fuel particularly. But the issue is if people did not want these things, they would work for less. Inflation is a, a huge component of inflation is the demands of the people and what they're willing to work for. And there are a lot of millennials. There's, there, there's a poll that came out. Millennials are broken people. The millennials said they would only be they, they would be happy with five hundred thousand a year. <laughs> every other generation, they said every what a sacrifice. Yeah, every other generation said one twenty. Yeah, of course, one twenty, and I'm happy. Millennials are like five hundred. Now, what what do you think happens? You take a generation of people who want five hundred grand, and you say. Hey, we want to pay you. We'll pay you fifteen dollars an hour to work at Starbucks. They go, no, I want five hundred grand. You're like, okay, well, we need to hire people, and they're demanding massive salaries because they want to be able to buy a bunch of stuff the every person doesn't want. They make this argument: poverty shouldn't exist. Abolish poverty. These other arguments, like poverty today, is wealth four hundred years ago. Yes, there will always be poverty. Or even one hundred years ago, seriously, because poverty is relative. Yes, so it's not so simple. Inflation is not just a component of the cost of fuel, it's the demands of the population and what they're willing to work for. Inflation and the cost of goods is a component of how much energy a person will expend for one hour in exchange for how much energy do they get back. And everybody wants more energy back than they put out. Millennials want five to ten times the energy they put out back. And so it's not so simple to just say cheaper energy solves the problem. Because when you, let, let's say we do have an energy revolution. Energy becomes 10% cheaper. You know what happens? Who's the who's the guy who did that formulation for the cost of gas based on the the, the, uh, the use of gas based on the cost of gas? He basically uh, is no idea. early 1900s found that when gas is cheaper, people spend the same amount of money on gas. They just drive more. Mm -hmm. When you make gas expensive, they just drive less, and the price and 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 they spend so it's about, like a flat cost. Yes. That if someone has Fixed 50 cost, bucks yeah. left over, they'll be like, Meh, I'll just drive around for yeah, no reason. I wouldn't consider 10% a revolution. If, it, if you could drop the cost of fuel by like 99%, that would and, be a revolution. And what we end up seeing is people will just drive more.
Maybe. Or they'll be getting more. Not maybe. Have so much time or, or they'll just use more gas uh, consuming vehicles, like the exactly. rocket ships. This is exactly no, but this is exactly what they saw when gas got cheaper. People bought gas guzzlers because like, gas is cheap now. Right. Mm -hmm. It did not. It does not. So you 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 look at this issue and you're like, a single individual can make the decision that because gas is cheaper, I'll live frugally and I'll save ten bucks and buy more food. Not what happens. On the macro level, people will drive more, they'll buy gas guzzlers, and the amount they spend on travel remains the same. People used to not be able to afford meat in this country, right? It used to be a big thing. Now everyone, even though the price have gone up, have, can, can afford meat. It's not that they have eating less meat. Mm -hmm. They just buy more. Yeah. Yeah. And they get used to it, expansion. and they expect they, yeah, more. Yeah. yeah. The, the cost right. of food gets cheaper. People don't don't save money on food now. They just eat until they're dead. I think that's why the, not depopulation, but degrowth, uh, this that they people want the human race to be expanding slower. Uh, it's like you know, might call it conspiracy. I don't know, but it's that's why it's true. explicit. Yeah, I think it's that's why it right. is explicit because humans unfettered will just expand and grow and consume uh, as it will any animal. But that's not the problem. It is absolutely amazing looking at the International Space Station. I believe the cost of it was three billion dollars, and all of the power of human minds all across the planet came together to develop the technology and the capability to send people into space to live up there for months on end. That is human minds coming together. More people means we'll just start colonizing off the planet. We'll figure these things out. The problem is culture. And so degrowth is not the answer. They're saying, you know, live in the pot, eat the bugs. Well, that's that's an argument. The solution actually is cultural change. People need to be they need they need to eat less food. They need to recognize food is cheap now. Don't buy 10 times of it. They need to recognize community is important. You need to have uh, creativity, culture, yep. and development. Amen. The problem is, while we have a ton of really amazing people working really hard to develop technology so we can go to outer space, we have too many people who, uh, what does what, what, what uh, uh, Yuval Harari call them? Useless eaters. And so the solution, in my view, to the quote-unquote useless eater is, wow, look at all of these people that could put their potential to the advancement of human civilization that haven't been properly appropriated. And what do they say? Put them in pods, Give them the bugs and let them play video games until they no longer exist and don't have kids. Harvest their body heat for electricity. Because that's like, not a you, real thing, though. That's, uh, you, know. you can harvest piezoelectricity, like heat yeah, and friction the, from the, electricity. The, the energy loss from that is a matrix. The matrix did that, and the only reason they came up with that concept was because people wouldn't understand the concept of a neural net. So you know, harnessing energy from human body is ridiculously well, I think useful. Didn't pointless. the matrix just do that because they had to have a reason why they didn't just kill all the people? No, it was uh, uh, the original idea in the matrix was that first humans chose the matrix. And, oh, well, that makes more sense. Okay, yeah, and, yeah. and that is canon. And that the the reason the robots needed them was for a neural network to basically create a massive. Okay, that makes sense. Too. Right, the their, their brains are used to compute the matrix. Okay, itself. the argument that more people means more expansion isn't. It's not doesn't track because like a deer population, if it expands too rapidly, it'll eat all the food and then it'll starve and it'll have a mass starvation. That, of yeah, deer, deer don't invent invent spaceships though. Yeah, but most humans don't either. It's a they, very they, very they, small they, percentage of they, humans that have that kind of mind capacity. I, that's not true at all. Well, because the cobalt what? we use for our technology is not mined by rocket scientists. Well, it's you mined slaves, by slaves. Yeah, but the but, people that but, build the rockets are someone. So else. we don't like the conditions in the cobalt mines, but we're not going to send Einstein to a cobalt mine. You, you, the, the, what, what we should have is a Forrest Gump-like person who can't build a rocket, but dude can run really, really fast. You can run fast? Sure. Undoubtedly, yes. <laughs> there, there is a role for everyone on God's green earth. The problem is- Oh, no, no, no. You're, I completely disagree. You don't think so? No. Most people are as irrelevant as a butterfly, and they have as much impact on, on and reality. And they can't, they can't break rocks for us?
Oh, sure. But, but I, I, but we are at a point where chat GPT is a better conversationalist than the average human being. But I don't care about conversation. I care about who's going to pick up the cobalt for our smartphones. I think much of these things like cobalt, like, like can be done by robots or machines. I, that's, I do not believe that's correct right now, perhaps in the future. Sure. I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be far in the future. It's just, so, not, it's just not, it's just not um, economically feasible fair point, at the moment. Fair, fair point. Perhaps the big concern of the Bill Gates types is that once we come to a point where uh, uh, trivial and menial labor is done by machines, you will only require higher thinking human yes. beings, in mm -hmm. which case the quote unquote useless leader, use, useless leaders become a very serious liability. We're at a point where I would much rather, and most other people would rather interact with the touchscreen than with a cashier at a, at a fast food place because the odds of me getting my order correct are much higher and it's going to be more faster, more efficient. That's I, a problem. I, I, I agree and disagree. Uh, I think you are, it, you are correct. It will likely be higher, but I also think the issue is not just the cashier, but the guy making the food. Correct. So, but that until also, we eliminate that role, but that's also happened now. They it, have the yes, machines. They have they have fully automated McDonald's. I think it's a McDonald's. It could be wrong, but there was a video I saw where you go to a kiosk and order, and then behind the counter, you actually watch the robot arm grab the burger. Yeah. Put it on the grill. Take it out. Flips. Puts it on the bun. Then the thing drops all the ingredients. Folds Isn't there it. Like a fully automated Taco Bell, and somewhere in the Midwest. It's like a drive-through completely. There are no humans who work there. And so, so I think Crazy. I'm pretty sure it may have been Yuval Noah Harari who said this or someone else. But the idea that they have is when the next industrial revolution happens to avoid a Luddite riot, what you have to do is before the revolution, placate the masses by stimulating dopamine, put them in a situation where they can play video games all day and get free food. They will eventually just die off. And then you we won't have to worry about violence. So what's interesting is you have that book right there, which I just uh, interviewed Alex Jones about, The Great Reset. And yep. his entire book is about quotes from these guys right. where they're not just, it's not like horror porn. They're advocating for Brave New World. Yeah, they're like, this is what we want. There's no other way around it. Um, and, and, and I don't think that, I think this is actually a real concern because what if you are a millennial, low IQ, low ambition, uh, a sense of entitlement, what am I going to, what, what am I, I'm going to be making cobalt, I'm going to be breaking cobalt in the mines? No, no I'm not. So, so what do you do with that person? Where's the problem? What do you do with that person? You give them a video game. Sure, that's right, exactly. That's the point. And so where's the problem then? Are any of us upset that entitled woke millennials will go lock themselves in a pod eating bugs and playing the matrix? At a certain point, if they're all on welfare, it's going to become costly and someone's going to be like, why are we paying for all these people in their pods to play right. video games? So, so they That's don't, when the problem okay. comes in. So they don't run around burning everything down because they don't want to break rocks. Sure, but the point is then they start reproducing and they start voting and all sorts of other things start happening. Which is why they're also sterilizing themselves and aborting their children. Sh sure, but I don't think they're all... They're, sterilizing themselves th means thinking ahead. So a lot of them are not going to be thinking ahead because they're operating on a pleasure principle. Have you seen the, there's this, uh, there's an article that was being shared. It said, study finds uh, single uh, women are ha uh, in their 40, or was it, what is it like, sing, sing, women are happier when they're single and childless. That's, that, I think that's what it was. And it mm -hmm. showed a, a clip from the show Girls. And then my response was, yeah, until they're 35. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. But for real. And so what's happening is but, you have this corporate press apparatus telling all these young women not to have families and they buy into awful. it. But the thing is, this isn't even some hypothetical sci-fi thing. This is literally like 2000, they say it. 2019, right? They're explaining exactly. It's already been happening for years. Alex, Alex Jones described it as they tell you they're setting bear traps. And if you are too stupid, 
to avoid them, it's your own fault. I don't think it's too stupid. It's too trusting. And we're taught since we're kids to trust these people. So it's very hard to be like, holy crap, I've been lied to since kindergarten. We definitely, yeah. uh, here's what I'm gonna do. That's tough. I mean, I think uh, about we're gonna, we got, uh, I wanna talk more about this, but we'll go into a dark territory. So we'll save it for the members only. Okay. And we'll jump to a, a more um, irreverent sort of <laughs> subject, but something a bit uh, um, to provide some levity. We have this tweet from the Colorado Republican Party that I saw. Oh boy, okay. Democrats oh, yeah. love to let criminals crimin uh, criminals loose on the street. This is what happens when you elect woke crime huggers to power. The Simpsons prediction certainly stands the test of time. I am in love with this clip. You ready? I'll be back. You can't keep the Democrats out of the White House forever. And when they get in, I'm back on the streets with all my criminal buddies. <laughs> I love that. With all my criminal buddies. Can I, can I make a point? Yeah. It was Trump uh, who had the, the criminal reform and let out a lot of people. Yeah, but that's not. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just being. But, but that we like the criminal I know, reform. I know, I know. What I know, we don't like is when they arrest salon owners and then literally unleash violent criminals into the cities. What I don't like is when people who are like Kyle Rittenhouse and the guy in New York, I don't remember his name. Daniel who, Penny. Yes, who are doing the job the police instead, who are ostensibly supposed to be doing are the ones who pay the consequences that are traumatized oh, for life. Luke, Luke uh, has, a, has a video about this from a decade ago where a guy was stabbing people on the metro in New York City, and the cops were like, I'm not getting involved. And there was a court ruling that police are not obligated to save oh, that's, you. that's you. the case, yeah. Yeah, and, and so this guy intervenes and gets stabbed several times in the head and stuff, and then stops this. As soon as he subdues him, then the police come in. That's but they were like, I'm not going anywhere near that knife. What about what happened in Britain recently with the uh, you know the pro-Palestinian marches and the guy who pro who's tried to stop them, who was the like a British patriot? He, he got, was arrested. got arrested. Yeah. Of course, there's um. You uh, say of course, but I don't think it's a. I, I don't think a lot of people realize to what extent it's screwed up. I mean, we talk about it. Sure, sure. Uh, Dan Dix. Uh, do you know you know Dan? No. Journalist. He was in Canada and there was a protest. He showed up to film it. They started screaming and attacking him. So the cops are threatened to arrest him. Yeah, I think he might have actually. I think he had detained and then removed. It's right. like. The innocent guy who shows up doing nothing is attacked, and then you defend the attackers. Not just innocent, heroic. Yeah. This is this is this is what I've been warned about is 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 coming. When the guy in uh, Wisconsin had BLM show up to his house, his private residence, protesting, and he brandished a shotgun, the police showed up and arrested him, and BLM cheered for it. They don't want to abolish the police; they want the police to just arrest you. Mm -hmm. Yes, I mean that that's been crystal clear from day one. Definitely. I mean, I think one of the issues has always been that the marketing tactic says one thing, but the the demand is something else, right? They they just want certain people to be allowed to do things that they want. They right. are willing to excuse your violence or your lawlessness if you support their idea of who and, should be and, forgiven. And once again, the first people who are going to be the victims of violent crime are going to be the poor. Yeah. Like it just goes back to that again. They're the most likely to be killed, raped, whatever, all this other stuff. And they're the least likely to have access to legal services to have some kind of retribution or justice. It's horrifying. Well, and then they're trapped in communities yes. that have yeah. all of these issues and we never find a way to solve them because ultimately we're funding it by saying we don't need you to we don't need to really investigate these causes. We'll just say, here's money, we'll fix it. Also we'll let you out of jail, go back in the community, we'll never address the core issues. It's just And it just cycle drives me crazy this hand waving from conservatives like, well, they shouldn't vote a Democrat. Fine, I'm stuck in the projects. I hate this. Like, my life is screwed. I go and vote Republican. What's going to change? Everyone else around me is voting Democrat. Yeah. What am I supposed to do? This system's been move. busted for 100 move, years. Move, I guess, but I, I can't afford to. You know, I'm, I'm in the projects. I can't afford to move.
Uh, yeah, and not everyone this who's is, poor is poor because of choice that they've made. But this is another important distinction. A person who has a house is not poor relative to someone 100 or 200 years ago. Absolutely. And so it's interesting to see that people are now saying like, I can't move. I can't afford to move. And I'm like, do you live somewhere? Yeah, I live in government housing. Right. I'm like, they, there's this great line in Fast, Fast and Furious 4 <laughs> where the bad guy says. Would I follow this line if I haven't seen the first three? Yes. Okay. He said, he, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, if I give them things, they become dependent up upon me and then they serve me. And so these people who are like, yeah, I know that what's happening in my city is wrong. I know what they're doing is evil, but I can't move because I'm stuck here. And it's like, that was the plan. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. You are correct, dependent yes, on them. Yes, and the now plan. they beat you and you can't do anything about it. Right. Except for cheer for them. Right. There's an article to. I read a, a while ago about a study on universal basic income. And they were trying to find women, I think, in Jackson, Mississippi to come be a part of this uh, UBI test for like a year. And when they were approaching women, they were like, well, the thing is, I don't want to lose my benefits because once I have them, it's difficult. If I lose them, it's difficult to get back on them. Yeah. So it's better to maintain them for as long as I can. And that's a really interesting system, right? Because ultimately, theoretically, any sort of social service like that would be to help you for a small amount yep. of time to get back on your feet. To, to be able to, you. Yeah. And that's not the way it, and, it works out. And in if reality. it was more of a private charity system, they would be much more hands on. You'd have more one to one relationships or one to 10, you know, maybe some kind of classes. And they would be focusing on transitioning people from poverty into right. some, like there's this great um, charity that Penn Jillette worked for when he was on The Apprentice twice called Opportunity Village where people who are like severe, who are mentally disabled it's like in Vegas mm -hmm. they give them jobs so like they made Elvis's costumes like they're not going to be able to build rocket ships but they can have some dignity and they can mine cobalt yeah yeah man unemployment should be you get some little bit but then if you get a job you get more and then that lasts for six months. And then you're only eligible every five years to get that path or something. There should be an incentive to get a but job. But we could also have this off in schools, right? Like we could have high schoolers who are all graduating with the requirement that they have some level of financial literacy, that they understand the consequences of credit card debt, of student loans. But we don't do that, right? And the obvious example with student loans is that the government wants you to agree to take out student loans, which are crippling, that at 18 you may not know the consequences of, and that you are dependent on them. You are waiting for Joe Biden to forgive them, and hopefully he will, and maybe if we vote for him again, he'll finally yep. forgive the student loans that or, are ruining my life. Or transition from college is this liberal arts idea of this like 1890s creating the next generation of elites to have more of a mentorship apprenticeship program. Agreed. Instead of four years at Yale, I'm spending four years at, at some company and I'm starting from the bottom and I have a mentor within the company who teaches me the ropes. I, I, I got no idea. Abolish public schooling. Well, I, I, that's a little extreme, Tim. I, I'm <laughs> for it. Are you for it? Are you kidding me? That's I'm, the first thing I'd abolish. I, okay then. So we're in agreement. Number one. Yes, public schooling is gone. Uh, uh, government schools are literal prisons for children. Yes, and the only agreed. place many people ever encounter violence in their you lives. You ever see the story about the uh, the kid in They're Chicago? They're literal prisons. The kid in Chicago who was locked in a padded room, and then he they wouldn't let him go to the bathroom, so he crapped himself and was crying. The school, a school in Chicago had a padded room to lock kids in. Well, yeah, I remember I was audio where he's like, please, I'll be good. Let me out. Yep. You could hear That's the right, kid. Crying. Some of those are like daycare, like parents that work. They're all single daycare. parent. Yeah. So if you abolished it, all those kids would be homeless essentially. Or That's why we have a lot of work to do. No fault divorce. Gone. Okay. 19th we, Amendment. Gone. Uh, well, I don't know about that. 17th Amendment. Which for was sure. that? The senators are like. Oh, that's a no brainer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. talking to some Missouri. But DOE gone, saying, public education gone, all that. Yeah. 
was talking to some Missouri State reps saying this should be the thing that you make your bones on. You should uh, get rid of no-fault divorce in your state because as soon as one state does it, all the other states will follow. I think this is something uh, culture really wants to change. And we see that the argument like, oh, you know, people don't believe abuse or whatever else. Like those things are so different in the modern era and restructuring the family and creating social support systems that begin at home is really important. There was a story that um, no f- since the, the overturning of Roe, no fault divorce. If you take that away, you're going to be getting a lot more rape accusations of, for innocent men. Because why wouldn't women play that card? Right, that's a cultural problem. Yeah. Yes, it is. But Saint Levy, I, I, also, I don't like. I don't like Saint Levy when like if you're going to. I mean, this is a moral hazard. That's a I mean, right. But like men who go through divorce women will right commit now. crimes. Therefore, we should not fix the system. I, I don't. I, I don't didn't think say. Well. I'm just saying if you're going to tear down a fence, you should be aware why it was put up and what the consequences. Yeah, and be. if you're, I, I just anticipate. If your dream I don't think is, the fence was put up because people were concerned about false rape accusations. I think the left is trying to just destroy this country. Sure, but what I'm saying is. I think there, this people in this country generally are not used to the concept of trade-offs. Right. And just because something is a good thing doesn't mean, like the idea that, for example, let's suppose th- the vaccines were actually prevented COVID and COVID was deadly, but you're probably going to get the flu for two weeks. It's a cost, but it's a cost you're willing to pay because the cost outweighs the, the right, right, bigger right, cost. Right. So, but people don't think of those terms. Like you can't say like, this is something you have to do, even though it's going to hurt a little bit. It has to be, this is something that has to do and there's never a cost to it. This it's is, called this uh, is opportunity the, cost yes, in economics. Yes, exactly. Yes. This, I think the issue for humans is that they only ever want to drift towards the path of least resistance. And so the reason why you have wokeness today is that uh, all that is required for evil to triumph is that good men do nothing. So when the woke left starts causing destruction, damage, pain, and suffering, it is easier just to bow your head and say, let it go, let it go, yep. choose your battles, and An- now here we are. Another big problem is when people become obsessively goal-oriented, and it's like, I want that goal at any cost. If the goal is to remove the fence, what? Do you, how is how's that going to... Really, what we should be doing is making a plan as to how we're going to take that fence down, because there's a lot of ways the fence could get removed. There's a lot of ways that the Department of Education could disappear, and one of them would be like the United States disappearing, or like... A global now you're speaking Michael's language. So we got to be real careful about how we're going to disassemble this thing if we want to do it and still maintain semblance of peace and order. There's a book by Carol Markowitz and Bethany Mandel called um, Stolen Youth, which I just read. And, you know, we're, I think most of it's hard, like you think that a lot of the stuff that's going on in schools, like right wing propaganda and people frothing at the mouth. But the receipts you see and talking to parents about what's going on in schools, because we're not in school, so we're kind of oblivious to it. It's all yeah. everything secondhand. It is so effed up. I, oh, I yeah. don't even know where to start. Right. And then the left lies and says it's not happening. And the media covers for them, that's even right. though it's like, here's the book. Here's the receipts. And they like, go, nope. Information is no, no, good. I don't, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Math is good. But like a lot of that stuff. It was real America centric. My history lessons, Columbus sailed the ocean blue and discovered America. Like, I don't think you, we need to teach our kids that in the future. I'm open to like living on a farm in some foreign country and just teaching the kid how to farm and eat fruit and like identify plants and like the real important stuff. I Math is good too. I don't know if I'm totally responding to what you're saying, but I disagree. I think having uh, a sense of patriotism is good. And I think it is a way yeah. to build common ground between people who come from different socioeconomic backgrounds. I think if we just made it as like, well, America's just whatever, it will actually further stratify uh, the cultural enclaves that we Here have. Here are things country. we aren't taught in schools, how to fill out an income tax form, uh, how to work the legal system works, logical fallacies. If mm-hmm. there was just a course, instead, I, I learned in junior high how to calculate the dew point yeah. in Brooklyn. 
and Whoa. how to calculate when the water's saturated in the earth when there's too much rain. I was not taught to calculate interest rates or-, or I learned about photosynthesis. Yeah. Helps that me out a lot. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Ooh, yes. That was an important one. Yeah. yeah. So it's crazy but what we, the pr pr priorities are. We could are. say this is like a financial literacy where you have to yes. be able to be able to take care of yourself. You have to be able to understand how to read your lease or you know all these basic things. At least, yeah, what a when lease I was, is, uh, right? yeah. When I was a kid, they made us watch a cartoon where Adam was riding a brontosaurus. Adam who? Adam. Oh, Adam, Adam and Eve? Who do you think he's talking about? He was riding a brontosaurus. What? What? Did you go to public school? Uh, it was, this was private Catholic school. Okay. And, Fusion uh, Catholic school. The issue was, uh, and then they were basically like, yeah. the reason the dinosaurs died was because they couldn't fit on the ark. They're too big. Yeah, the propagandas. <laughs> but there's, but there were small dinosaurs. Well, you know, the point is- well, They didn't is, want to leave their friends behind. That doesn't make sense. But those the big ones were eating the small ones. <laughs> they didn't want to let them starve. <clears throat> dinosaurs survived. They're in my backyard. There's a bunch of them. They're screaming all day. Yes. The chickens. Yeah. It is hilarious. Ask a really ridiculous question. Please, that's your best. Uh, come on, this is your best. I don't want to dip the video be ranked. Just ask well, we'll, we'll save it for the numbers I'll only. on the after okay. show. Okay. We're going to go to Super it's Chats not anyway. Fit, but maybe awesome. I'll do it. <clears throat> all right. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends. Head over to TimCast.com, click join us, become a member, because the members, members only uncensored show is going to be awesome. And, and we are going to talk about the Roseanne thing in the back. We got it. There's, the there's a, a big thing, apparently. Michael was like, no, it's a big deal. Everyone's going to be really excited to hear about Roseanne. So definitely go to TimCast.com and click join us. We're also going to take your calls as members. You can call in and talk to us and our guest. And also head over to thebestsongever.com. We need your support. Click download. Download the song. You'll get 35% off all cast brew purchases. I must stress, you download the song for 69 cents. Then you subscribe to Cast Brew Coffee. You're getting 35% off for the rest of your life. Like, even if you cancel your subscription, you can always resubscribe later. Still get that discount code. So do it now because uh, tomorrow is the last day. Tomorrow is the last day we have for uh, sales tracking. We're trying to get as many sales as possible. Thebestsongever.com. We uh, need your support. And I'm really excited because it'll mean that uh, Jeremy Boring, Michael Knowles, Tim Poole, Carter Banks, we will all be on the billboard charts. I think, I think we're there in some fashion, probably at a low ranking right now. We need to sell. I don't think we're definitely not going to hit it. If we sold like fifty thousand, we'd be hot one hundred, and then you're then you're on the. Do you list. know how close you are? We're we're not gonna hit it. Oh, we're, okay. we're like twenty five percent maybe. If everybody listening right now went to the best song ever dot com and downloaded it, then together again would would very likely be a hot one hundred song, and it would be the funniest thing ever because then the me entertainment media would have to what write about why we were able to do this, how we were able to do it. Yeah, they'd say you hacked the system. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, I, and I want them to. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Because if yeah. encouraging your fans to buy a song is hacking the system, right. what does that say about them? Right. Mm -hmm. right. Because the reality of the music industry is it's fake. All of it is fake, 100%. For decades. For decades. The way it works is there's deals upon deals. One company has a deal with another company. You want your song in rotation. You know, you know this, is, this is what really is, is so irksome. It's, it's not just that they, they told, uh, you know the story they told Jeremy Boring he offered him 150 grand to play one song one time, and they told him no. And likely for political reasons. Sure, I, certainly for political reasons. When we published our first song, and it was not even political, we got an email back from one uh, entertainment publication saying, go F yourselves. In those like, words? In those words. And so that, that I get, welcome to the world. Also, there's issues with there like, oh no, the numbers aren't being tracked properly. I think we're looking at something like 2,000 or like whoopsie daisies. But the issue that really bugs me is when you see these songs charting, you're like, who's this guy? We look at the chart and we're like, what is this band? I've never even heard of it. Because what they'll do is the label will go to a streaming platform and they'll say, do you want insert celebrity artist? Then you've got to guarantee us 
that you're going to put this guy on rotation and we want this song played yes. every 16 times, which guarantees them X million hits, which guarantees them charting on Billboard and all of these things. And so when we're talking to various people in the, in, in the industry and we're like, what do we what do we have to do to hit these these, you know, these same metrics? Like, how do how do we get a, a we have a new song? It's in this genre. It's in this. You know, they'll never let you in. Here's here's the other thing. I know a lot about this from my genre, which is publishing the New York Times bestseller list, which is by all accounts, the most credible, the most respected and, and desirable list to get on. It has very little to do with sales. It's all editorial. They don't even tell you what the rankings are. It, if you have a lot of sales, they could just flat out ignore you. Regnery, which is a publishing house for conservatives. Mm -hmm. They're not even, they don't even submit to the New York Times list anymore because they said it was so fake, which is kind of frustrating for those regular authors who sell a lot of books, but they literally are explicit about like, even people who work the New York Times don't know how they make up this rankings. So here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that we can, we'll force our way in. Yes. And it, uh, look, it really just comes down to this. First and foremost, Cast Brew Coffee, we're on track for over a million dollars in our first year. When we were doing our filing, we had this like, uh, this third party contractor is like helping us out. And they were like, when did you start the business? And we were like, April. And they went, what? Like they were shocked to hear how well it was doing. So sh thank you, everybody supporting Casper. And uh, the coffee shop's currently underway. Uh, furniture and tables and everything for the club is, is happening. So that should be opening hopefully in the next couple of months. And there will be a physical location to hang out. I know it's taking too long to get the coffee shop up, but it's because of regulations and, and building code and stuff like that. But um, we're also just trying to, we want to make music. We want to make music. We want to sell it. So we're hoping people buy it. You know when you know you've made it? When you have the articles talking about how much your music sucks. Because first they ignore you, then they have to laugh at you and denigrate you. Yeah, so this one I feel like step. you what? forced uh, together again already. Now it's been forced. Now it's just riding. Like it's hot in Toronto. It's I heard it's yeah, hot so in Asia somewhere. I guess like we were trending one. in Toronto and Hong Kong. I think what? it made it. Like now it's good just <laughs> to know. rest on it. It and makes chill. sense no, that it would no, be no, trending. No, no, no. Japanese TikTok. We, we, we know yeah. the sales numbers. And they're good, but they're nowhere near where we would need them to be. Sure. Keep, and so that's um, fine. That's fine. I'm not like pumping you know, money into promotion now. We're, 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 we're spending a lot on marketing and it is what it is. We've, we've sold what we could sell. We have today and tomorrow. Tomorrow's the last day. So like I said, if everybody listening right now went to thebestsongever.com and bought the song, we would absolutely hit Hot 100. When we're finally able to do that is when they're going to drop a load in their pants. Actually, I think it's because when it, this is industry only. It's when it gets into a movie, like a really popular, no, which it no, could no, do. Dude. Just listen, man. If it gets into a big popular movie, then it's like outside of your hands because it's the kind of song where people are going to pick it up and play it locally. We, we have been dealing with this for two years now. Uh, our first song was published in 2020. We didn't we, we were I was I was like, I don't even know how to make it work. And it got millions of hits. People know the song, Will of the People. It did really, really well. We get ripped off. We get spat on. You don't just get in a movie. Yeah, that's, a record, that's a extremely record, political. It's all politics. There's no circumstance where our songs land in movies. It's well, if not you happening. say that out loud, sure. It's a fact. You want that to not happen, go for it. I mean, yeah, it could it, it, definitely dude, land in a movie. It's an awesome song. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. You're wrong. Well, I'm not saying it's going to be in Paramount's next feature, but it could, in four years, After it could we land win in a the movie. culture war, perhaps, yes. The way it works is a guy in Hollywood goes to his friend across the street and says, what song do you want placed in the movie? End of story. It could be in Daily and, Wire's next big thing. No, but Shh, hold on. Can I say one thing? No, seriously. What, how it works is the CAA director casts CAA actors and actresses and has a CAA production assistant and has CAA or affiliated musicians to do the soundtrack. It, these big agencies end of, end of work that way. And so if Tim's not CAA or Gersh or any of these other agencies, he, it doesn't even have to be radioactive in terms of politics. Like it's just not a, a nice And so starter. this is my point. Yes, you're right. It could get in the Daily Wire. And what would the Daily Wire do for us? Are they gonna get us on CAA, UTA or any of these big networks? No. 
It could, as the Daily Wire is doing now, help drive sales, which is why we teamed up with them. Both of both Jeremy Boring, Michael Knowles, me, Carter Banks are all like we have been pushing back on woke industries and their control of these systems. So the only thing they cannot prevent is if we sell enough, we hit Hot 100 and then the entertainment media is going to be dropping a load in their pants, and, being like they are invading our spaces and we can't stop them. And the other thing is, it's not just specifically woke. It's also in group and out group. Right. Right. It's just simply that, like, we all we're all friends in L.A. Like we work together. Who is this guy from Shelbyville? It's just not happening. We don't want someone to take our power from yes, us. Exactly. So right. we've built walls around the industry that you have to come to us and pay your dues. You got to join our unions. You got to file your paperwork with us. And we say if your music is good or not. There's a there's a there's a song I we really, determine. really like. Yes, there's a song I really, really like. And it was on my rotation in my playlist when I'm skating. And I looked at the song. It had fifteen hundred views on YouTube. That was it. There were articles written about this song. And I was like, that is what they do. They decide that some guy who produced a song in his garage, and he did, and it's a good song, they decided we're going to make this song. And you know what else they do? They own it. So when someone like us says we're going to make our own music, they say, we don't own it, so you're not welcome here. Right. You're when not we, welcome. When, 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 when our publicist said, here's a new song, we literally got back an email saying, go F yourselves. And so I'm just like, But that was for war. me, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> war. <laughs> You just get yeah. so aggressive about music. Uh, it's the Dr. Pepper Zero. You ask yourself why it is that like when you when you open Pandora, Spotify or whatever and you open a playlist, there's music on it. Who chooses that? Can I can I access you can you can be friends with some of these guys. Like let's say you're a musician and you know a guy who works at this place, you might find your song in rotation. Congratulations. I am such a hipster that when I was on Rogan, I think the time before last, I wore a t-shirt from an, a tweet pop band that I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get all these accolades because not one person knew the band. Like, not one person huh. in the comments anywhere was like, oh, he likes that band. So we're gonna read some super chat. We're gonna read super chats here. Let's do it. Clint Torres hits the first super chat again with howdy people. And uh, Drizala, sorry, he says first with a, you know, ooh, fingers. No, you are not first, sorry. Robert Suppenbach says first, please unblock me, Michael. <laughs> I don't even know, who, I don't know who you are. That seems like You're it's right. not true. I feel like there's deception. I block people on the regular. Goldilocks production says, while the Colorado ruling on removing Trump from the ballot has a stay until January 4th, there is also a clause that states if it is challenged to the U.S. Supreme Court, that stay becomes indefinite, meaning this is a BS ruling. It's not a BS ruling. It's a testing of the waters. Maybe it's legally BS, but it's politically testing the waters. Yeah. 52 movies a year says, Michael, when will you be paying Roseanne her 1K? Up, up, up. We will talk about this in the members only show because Michael has like a huge thing about it. I, guess. I had I've had a 20 minute imaginary argument with you guys. Oh, OK, he's 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 mapped out the entire conversation. Champing at the bit. Yeah. And he's and he's he's bested us before we even realize it. I, I'm not saying I won the imaginary argument. I'm just saying I had You've it. come prepared. You have yes. the documents. All right. Yes. Uncle Gug says, how's Bocus doing? Well, um, he's very uh, chill. Yeah, he's uh, he's walking around. He's doing his thing. Uh, I am kind of worried, though. He's, he's, rel he's relatively low energy. His energy has been going down. He's made it a year longer than we thought it was, that he thought he, we thought he would. And uh, the scary thing to me was that he's trying to hide a lot. That's bad. Yes, an That's indication really that he feels sick. Yeah. You know? Depends on his mood a lot of times. Cats are really in tune with how you feel. So if there's stress in the environment, they'll go away from it. And if you're really in a good mood, they'll come join you. My cat well, never that's hid from absolutely, me. And, and right at the end uh, of his life, the woo -woo only mumbo time jumbo. he ever hid from me. It was really sad. Bocus, that's uh, giving like, into the left, Ian. <laughs> yeah, cats go and hide because when they're sick, they, they try to protect themselves from predators by hiding. Intention can make you sick. 
Yeah, I don't think Mr. Bocas can psychically sense our emotions. I think he is sick because his kidneys are failing. And so he is hiding because it's an instinct cats have to hide from predators when they're weak. And for this, the more he tries to hide, the more worried I become. Um, if it was just that some people here are stressed out, I actually wouldn't feel bad at all. But I choose not to live in those worlds. I choose to live in the it's, world of sometimes it's the self science. It's like a self uh, perpetuating cycle where cat cat looks ill and then you become nervous and sad and then the cat becomes more ill and then you become more sad. But if you can stay positive, he comes back out and he gets very active. Druish AF says, Tim, I cannot use PayPal, so I can't buy the song as uh, uh, best song ever as your link to receive the Casper discount. Any alternatives for longtime Timcast members? I think that was basically the only way we could we could actually make that work. Y you can buy the song on iTunes. And uh, we, we were number one on iTunes in the first day, which is awesome. But we are not pushing iTunes sales because we, we have this discount code. Sure. But uh, iTunes and uh, Amazon, if you go to thebestsongever.com, there's Amazon as well. And I, I know nobody likes these things, but look, we're, we're just trying to storm the gates. It, it is what it is. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, that was the best way we could do it. The, the, the sale for a lot of people have pointed this out. If you want to buy the song and get the discount code, it the default is uh, is PayPal. Yeah. But I think you just enter your, you don't need an account or anything. You just use your credit card and it processes by PayPal. And I, one thing I also want to point out because mis, being Mr. White Pill here, what? You have another one? Of course, yeah. Um, I, I just have a, like a vending machine under on the desk. I think for people who think the America's doomed or the West is doomed, first of all, I always say we don't need a majority. We just need an alternative. Yeah. But there are so many people, especially young people, who are champing at the bit to be able to support creators that they like and, mm -hmm. and are just, they're like, how can I support you? Give me like product to buy. I want to wear the shirts. I want to buy your music. So if you do have that number, and I think the number is very clearly increasing, that also bodes very well for the future of our culture. You know, I don't think the United States is doomed, but like Nazi Germany, Germany wasn't doomed because of what happened in the 30s. It just changed. And that's where I feel like the United States is headed. Well, I, I mean, Germany was invaded and split in half. So I don't, I think, yeah. and leveled. I mean, we're, they're bombed to oblivion. We, have, we got a good one here from Na M8. He says, maybe the Civil War statues are being removed to make room for the upcoming Civil War statues. Ooh. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Yikes. That's a good one. Yeah. I like that one. Oh, boy. Based Jew says, dear Tim, please find a way to bring the insane clown posse onto the culture war. Woo woo. Uh, I think we did talk about booking them one at one, one point. Yeah, Violent J. Uh, Violent J's autobiography is very good. Yeah, what, what, what's their politics like? Are they they're they're lefties? Um, they're they're very. I, I this is a red pill moment for me. I, I remember like this must have been 10, 15 years ago. I had one of their albums. Fred gave it to me, and it's actually there's like what there's a song called "Still Stabbing" because like it starts with I still have this stabbing problem. It's a sequel to their song "Stabbing." And I had a job interview, and the guy interviewing me was like twenty seven. I was just mentioned maybe it wasn't job interview, so it was like my uh, I was doing temping work. And I talk about this band and he sings about throwing the head of the record label out the window and he rides on the bicycle seat without the seat because he killed the post worker. And he goes, yeah, man, some people are so crazy. And I'm like, they call themselves clowns. They wear clown makeup. At what, how many cues do you need that this is a joke? <laughs> I like that the FBI classifies them as uh, sort of a terrorist organization, yeah. the Juggalos. The, the Juggalos get a bad rap, and ICP has some good music. This would be and a really great like culture war. I'm totally, this is what I spent the beginning of 2020 pandemic researching. And on Juggalos. my Facebook, there's a picture of me. I got the face, I did the face paint as Violent J once. So I would love to meet Violent J or Shaggy. All right. Hunter Killer says with this ruling, they're getting dangerously close to a contingent election happening. 
Yeah, I think there's uh, that's another possibility. We may see Trump v. DeSantis, RFK, Biden in 2024. If the if the GOP is split, they pull they pull Trump off the ballot. DeSantis wins. Donald Trump runs as an independent, RFK independent. Then it's Democrat, Republican, independent, independent. Donald Trump, of course, wins the plurality, which gives him the, well, the plurality numbers, but not the electoral college, which results in a contingent election where state delegations will then have to choose. Donald Trump then wins. The left then says Trump not only didn't win, he only got 27% of the vote or, you know, 31% didn't even win the electoral college and his cronies appointed him and they'll use it as justification for their extreme violence. It's not impossible. I, I think it's very unlikely. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Marion Holtzman says, all right, I bought the song. Everybody, come on now. 69 cents is very reasonable. Support our culture war. I'll say this. Uh, we put out the song Bright Eyes and we did nothing to promote it. Uh, it was fun to make. We made a music video for it. We had a good time. Uh, it is what it is. I also recognize it's not just about, hey, we made a song quick. Everybody have to buy it. It's we need like 5,000 songs. We need a massive library. What, what we can't do is make movies. We're not movie people. But uh, I grew up playing music. Ian plays music. Carter Banks is an amazing producer. And the quality of the music videos we've produced has actually got a lot of industry guys really excited. Sorry, I don't want to write you. No, 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 no. no. I was going to make a big announcement today, but uh, it was too close to the holidays. But my next project is I wrote a screenplay about this band from the 80s that never made it. It's a real band. And through the keyboard player, I met Harvey Pekar, who wrote a graphic novel about me called Egon Hubris. Cool. So I realized I had this script in my desk since 2004. I should make a graphic novel of it. And yeah. it's the real story of this band. And I'm like, I was going to start my Indiegogo, but I'm going to do it when I was going to launch on the show and see if we could fund it live. But I'll come back when I'm ready to do it. We do that. We're, we're going to have a, a completed album, I think, around like maybe February or March. I think March. And so that means there's probably going to be like three or four songs that we never do big releases for. Like every song we've put out has been a video and a sure. promotion because we're like, we're going to come in with a bang. But we, we really are just coming to the point where we're negotiating with some bands on signing some bands. We need some more artists. Ideally, we just get to the point where we spend a million bucks, get like 500 songs from a bunch of different artists out. And we just, we want to funnel money into creative people. It's not just about the music that I or Carter is making. Uh, we're just not at this point yet because we're small. It's like Carter's the one guy who's running all yeah, this yeah. stuff. Ideally, within the next year, we have two or three more bands, some producers, and we're putting out like two or three songs a month from different artists. And so that's what we're going. That's where we're going. That's the plan. This this one that we're releasing now is kind of like I called Jeremy Boring and I was like, I got this idea. And I explained to him what we wanted to do. And he laughed his ass off and was like, let's roll, baby. He told the story about he offered 100 times the market rate to play a song, $100,000. And they told him no. And he was like, I... We, th we know why. Yeah. They're, they're, they're keep, they're, they're, they're gatekeeping. And so, it's not irrational on their part. Cause if they, if they get the foot in the door, then it's all over. Yep. It's crazy. So he made a fake song mocking them called together again. And then I said, let's make a modern version of this and, and yeah. put it out there and just promote it like crazy and then get it on billboard and then keep mocking them. Yes. Tell them they can't keep us out. We're, we're banging on the door. We're coming in. All right. Let's grit. We'll grab some more super chats. The best song ever.com. All right. Where are we at? Uh, Biken153 says, I think the reason Colorado is pushing so hard to get Trump off the ballot is because SB19042. It was passed in 2019 and says that Colorado's electoral votes go to the winner of the national popular vote instead of who Colorado votes for. Perhaps. But the funny thing about that is that uh, Michael made a good point about it. The point I made in the past was it opens the door to California going Republican. California is two to one Democrat, but they're part of this national vote coalition. 
meaning that if a Republican does win the popular vote, California votes Republican, which would never happen outside of this stupid plan they have. But you made a better point. Uh, my friend made a documentary about the Electoral College, and I'm blanking on the name. I feel really bad. But he one of the points he made in the movie is if you have abolished Electoral College and you just have the popular vote, it makes it a lot easier and encourages a white nationalist candidate. Because all you have to do is advocate to whites, which are the biggest group by population in this country by far, and you get enough of them, you have the election. You, why right. Why pitch toward a group which is 2% or 13% of the population when you could pitch to a group that's 50% of the population and just with their numbers alone, a few from the others, you're going to have everything you take. It's very dangerous uh, um, uh, uh, strategy for, on the part of the left. Let's read some more. Paul Tascalo says, I lost faith in our justice system in 2016 when Obama pardoned the Iranian bomb maker. It made me sad. What Colorado did to Trump yesterday makes me scared. Well, hold on. I got into This drives me crazy because people think history started five minutes ago. Bill Clinton pardoned terrorists who bombed Congress. Mm hmm. The FAL or the FALN, I think they were called. I don't remember what it was, but there were there were uh, I think Puerto Rican separatists. They bombed Congress and Clinton parted. Can you please look this up, Ian? Yeah. So the, talk about the insurrection. Like he let them free, and they they were unrepentant. They weren't like I, we promised we'll never do it again. Yeah. This is a, yeah. Read yeah. this out, out, please. I got. A, there's a lot of data. Here. This is actually from Congress.gov. You can say it. No, I was going to say. Do you want to collect the? Yeah, I'll, I'll take a look and then. And I'll then let me read this. Uh, Tusnalorum says, if civil war broke out, substations would get hit everywhere within a month. The grid would never come up. Feds and liberals in cities would lose to people capable of self-governance and survival within six months when their oil ran out with zero infrastructure. I think more importantly, if there was an actual civil war, you'd see attacks on infrastructure instantly. Industrial control systems are very vulnerable. New York City would become hell. Yeah, but you'd also very quickly see globalist backup. So Europe would be coming in, China would be coming in. It's we're not the U.S. doesn't exist as a like our sure. city in a bubble. But in space. I still don't think New York can maintain. A I'm grid. not arguing with you. I'm right. just saying it wouldn't be this simple. Like, no, no, for sure. Yeah. What I'm saying. Right. Oh yeah, right. British like, trade routes would be pumping. New food York, into New yeah. York, New York would be hell. More be, so. The the power would be would be they they'd be fighting to keep the power on. That means there's going to be water issues. People without water are going to, it's, it's, I, I, I don't think they can save, save yeah, New York. Yeah, but then look at the narrative then, because look what they're doing to these poor New Yorkers. This is this, you know, the, the shining. It'll matter. I, it'll matter to some people. It'll matter to Karen. Yeah, but when we're in a civil war, we're at the, the civil war is the point of brother against brother. You, they could say whatever they want on the radio and someone's going to be like, you're, you're terrorist pedophiles. I don't care. Right, but there's other people who would be like, no, they're the terrorist pedophiles. Of course. Right. People in New York are going to be like, look what they're doing to yes, us. Yes, yes, exactly. And they'll be angry about yes, it, and yes. that fuels civil war. Sure, sure. I've got but this. New York is going to be a bunch of people eating each other, and I'm, I'm not joking. I mean, they will literally start consuming human bodies. Ian, you have the data? Oh, yeah, this is the uh, follow-up on the Clinton pardon. Uh, FALN commutation, 1999, it was Clinton's commuted the census of 16 members of this FALN, a Puerto Rican paramilitary organization that set up 120 bombs in the United States. Yep. Mostly in New York City and Chicago. I, I could go on and on about this. Okay, this I'm, I'm, I'm going to read this. I'm not sure what he's so saying. He bombed terrorists. This is 99. <clears throat> pardon, 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 commuted, excuse me, terrorists. Yeah. Digital DNA says, Michael Malice, yes. if you can't see how LEOs abuse the power of the system, you have no reason to talk. What a foul opinion. Your entire argument for anything else falls apart. LEOs are the gatekeepers to how common folk move. Wake up, buddy. What are LEOs? Cops. Law enforcement officers. Yeah, I, 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 I'm too... Like, <laughs> You're an anarchist. Who's he talking to? <laughs> I know. That's why I'm like, I don't understand. I don't get this. I, I, am, uh, I, I, I want to hear your honest opinion. I was having this conversation with a friend of mine. Am, am I incorrect that I am probably by the, the biggest person by far who has gotten right of center people red-pilled on the police? Yeah, probably. 
I can't think of who else would be. Yeah. I feel like a, a general opinion of the right is we like our police officers, but too many police in big cities are completely corrupt and appointed by Democrats, which exposes the, the vulnerabilities of the policing but system. But I think also conservatives are now realizing who's going to come for your guns. It's not going to be Pelosi. Whereas 10 years ago, it's strictly thin blue line. It's either thus or so the rioters. And yeah. now they're like, wait a minute, they're on the side of the rioters. But I mean, you even look at uh, when we were talking with Tucker and Charlie Kirk, they, they now understand Occupy Wall Street a lot Correct. better. Sure. These conversations have opened up. And we all agree Occupy was taken over by woke psychopaths. I, I love someone having to tell me how bad the police are and, and that they're basically doing what the government tells them. This is fascinating it's kind of, stuff. It, well, I don't it's know kind of worrying that. that they think less of the police than you. Or uh, maybe I'm getting trolled, in which case, well done. Right. Two-Way Willie says, I also heard Don Jr. defend Anheuser-Busch on your show. Maybe him and Dana know better than us. Maybe there's something there. It's because Anheuser-Busch gives a ton of money to Republicans. Mm -hmm. A lot. And so do they give money to Democrats as well? They often play that game where they play. I, th both. I think they give a substantially large amount of money, um, a larger amount of money to Republicans, okay. like a lot. And so, look, it really just comes down to this. The idea that when it comes to Bud Light, we just stop where we are and say, yay, boycott. It's it's like you, you, you won a battlefield and then all your troops laid down their weapons, sat down and started cooking a roast. And it's like, guys, we're still at war here. Someone's got to be preparing for what our next move is. Where are we going? What are we doing? Mm -hmm. And everyone's just like, no, no, we stay here. And I'm like, no one forgave Paula Dean. That's yeah. true. I had Kurt Metzger on my show, who's a great comedian. I don't know if you guys ever had him on. He's, I, I would highly recommend him. And he goes, I did the homework. This old, like, fat Southern lady was robbed at gunpoint in a bank. And that's the only, th she had to be traumatized using a racial slur. And Kurt, this Kurt's line, he goes, they should build a statue to Paula Deen and have the, the plaque say she only said it once. <laughs> like she's the most, per Look, but that's the thing. She's still a persona non grata. My, 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 my point on Bud Light is if conservatives position is there is no redemption ever for any company that crosses them, that is exactly the meme of the left pushing the guy to the right and then arguing that he's joined ranks with the right. There's redemption when there's... Uh, um, uh, I don't, but, but look, look, I don't care about redemption. I care about occupation. That's fair, but the point is, you, I agree there's a rule for redemption, but the redemption has to be, we learn from our mistakes and we won't do it again. Well, I think right, right, you, well, people can be is, redeemed, but corporations are just... Shut a, them a down a if they A corporate apology matters in the culture war in that it resonates culturally. Yes. And so... If if the if the argument from people right now is and it is strongly even in the chat they're like no no we must do nothing we're, we're stopping where we are I'm like you need to take everything Sean Strickland has said and start cheering for that and Bud Light as a means to force Bud Light to issue a statement instead that all makes I'm, much more all, sense to me yes yeah I'm like doing nothing everyone's like the boycott stays my position on on Kid Rock Dana White Joe Rogan is major cultural forces have argued for we've we've won and I'm like okay. That means the, the, the victory and gain here is minimal, but at the very least, you send a message to corporate America, if you cross us, we destroy you, but if you side with us, we will make you wealthy. Yeah, you punish the bad behavior and you reward good behavior. I don't think you need so to when, reward good behavior. I think it's more of a march through the institution where if they mess with you, you wound them, and then you continue your march. And if another corporation does it again- March through the institutions is Gramsci's idea, and the idea is you seize institutions one by one. This and is no one's doing any that. of that. No it's, one's doing any of that. The lefties are. No, no, I'm saying right now on the right, they're Correct. like, we've won because we don't buy Bud Light. Okay, come April, Bud Light will put $100 million yeah. into woke causes. They're going to say the right has abandoned us and there's no there's no recovery. Our, our only growth opportunity, while minimal, will be woke causes. And I'll double down. It's, it'll bifurcate. Yep. And, and I'm like, this is why there has to be a move made now. Or the other option is to just say you won. 
Kid Rock says we win. Joe Rogan says we win. Don't you forget it. That's all you can do because the I, next I don't will... understand why Kid Rock and Joe Rogan would want to drink Bud Light. Maybe I'm too much of a bougie. See, it makes me wonder. Like, do they make ad money off of it? Like, do they at a certain point do they? Joe's not like that. Joe's not. not, I'm not It is is really. It is really. It is really simple. Bud Light sponsored Dylan Mulvaney, and it pissed everyone off. And Kid Rock said that was bad. Bud Light gives UFC 100 million dollars, and says, "Oh, okay." UFC is way more based. Got way more people who are pro Trump. Trump walks into UFC to fanfare. I think we got this one. But people are like, not good Man, enough. If people's and morals if the, if can the be bought with money, we're screwed. And and they were mad at money in the first place. They were mad that money went to Dylan Mulvaney. They were mad that and they're they not were satisfied that money's children. coming coming in this. Story. Well, no, it was gender ideology stuff. That was the principal. Reason. I was mad so, that they were selling right. To of course, and I agree with that. And so the issue is, sending money to the UFC is a structural victory. It's not the greatest culture war victory. It's not exactly what you want. But you've, if if you're not satisfied with it, you cannot do nothing. And the idea that all anyone has to do right now is just not buy Bud Light is wrong. And so my argument has been, everyone, please. Sean Strickland said January 6th was the most patriotic thing this country's done in a long time. Everyone should take that tweet, quote tweet it with a picture of them holding up Bud Light saying, thanks Bud Light for paying for this message. Thank you for sponsoring this and fueling patriotism. The other thing I, I'm wondering about, I could be wrong. It seems to me, remember like not that long ago, Linda Sarsour was everywhere. Yeah. And that as soon as there was a pushback against uh, massive Muslim immigration, you can't even find this, this bee on the side of a milk carton. Is Dylan Mulvaney now kind of become radioactive and has uh, been vanished or no? I, let's, let's do this. We'll go to the members only. Okay. We'll talk about that. Cause I can, sure. I, I can tell you a lot about please. that. Uh, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends. Head over to TimCast.com because we got some more spicy things to talk about with Michael, Roseanne, the election. Of course, um, we'll talk about uh, Dylan Mulvaney and things like that over at TimCast.com in about a minute. Head over to TheBestSongEver.com. If everybody listening right now just spent that 69 cents, you would save a crap ton of money on Cast Brew Coffee and you would help us and the guys of The Daily Wire push back on woke industries and support our endeavors in creating new cultural machines. We're going to build our own music industry, and it starts with a snowball rolling down a hill. We could use your support. You can follow the show at TimCastIRL. Follow it everywhere. we got clips on Instagram. You can follow me personally at TimCast. Michael, do you want to shout anything out? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Michael Malice, YouTube, Michael Malice Official. And for those of you guys who are Christmas orphans, we'll be doing a Christmas live stream from Austin, the Austin crew. It's going to be me, uh, the side surfs who do those realistic cakes, Ty Rivera, uh, and a few, Lex Friedman, uh, supposedly, and a few other people. So I think it's really important, like you were saying earlier, Tim, that we create spaces for people to be able to feel like they're part of a community. Yeah. And that's one of the things I'm so excited about being in Austin, being able to be a part of that. So, and I'm going to have big news. Uh, my episode with Jordan Peterson again drops tomorrow on his podcast, and I'll launch that Indiegogo. Maybe I'll come back on here and launch it here for Super Good Fund It Live. Sounds cool. I love your Christmas live stream. That's so Is that great. It's yeah. so festive. I feel like people don't realize you have to make Christmas fun. Uh, I'll I, make it. I'll just say one more thing about the Christmas thing. Go for so, it. Natalie, uh, um, uh, E. Nesbitt is my favorite author. She's a British children's author. So, from the late 1800s, early 1900s. I read all her books. Every time there's a weird dish mentioned, I had a list. So we'll be cooking a bunch of those weird British dishes. Weird British cool. food for Christmas. For Christmas it's the best yes. way to celebrate. Yeah. Uh, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlow. I'm a writer for scnr.com, also known as Scanner News. If you want to follow their work, you can still follow at Timcast News on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow me personally, I'm on Twitter at uh, hannahclaire.b and I'm on Instagram at h... No, hold on, that's backwards. I'm on Twitter at hcbrimlow and I'm on Instagram at hannahclaire.b. Guys, thank you so much. Follow me everywhere at Ian Crossland and check out my interviews daily. Well, some days I interviewed uh, Ben Stewart today. We had a great talk about a little bit. We got into techno humanism. It was pretty awesome. So check it out and I'll see you later. 
and I'm Surge.com. Uh, yeah, great to have you back, Michael, as always. Uh, excited for this after show. It's going to be fun, so let's get to it. All right, we'll see you all over at TimCast.com in about a minute. Thanks for hanging out. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.